Hello and welcome back to the Hypocritic Podcast. My name is Trent. I'm Steven. And I'm Nick. And we are hypocritical critics. That means um, we try to do our best and get get the most accurate reviews out there as possible of each movie every different week, different movie. Uh, my pick this week, Steven and Nick are joining us today. That's right. That's right. Hypocritical critics. We are compadres without credentials. You need to throw us a five-star and a review on that platform. It's really going to help us out. And this week, uh, Trent had a really good pick. What episode are we on? 39. Mm. Holy crap. We are a Christmas Eve Eve. That's right. Christmas Eve Eve, it's the 23rd of December. I love Christmas Eve Yeah, It's Christmas Eve Junior. Let's be be (laughs) correct. Let's be real. It is politically correct Christmas Eve Junior, yeah. That's right. And uh, what a pick we have this week. Um, It's my pick, so of course I would say so. Jackie Brown. Jackie Jackie Brown. Brown. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. I like it. It's a good movie. I like it, man. Good pick, I can't (laughs) wait to unpack this one with you two. All right. You want to hop into it? Let's do it. Let's hop in. And welcome back, everyone. It's good to be back. Nick out in Denver. Steven with me in studio today for episode 39, Jackie Brown. That's in right. studio today, December 2020. Christmas Eve, Junior. Two days from Christmas. Yes, let's, Christmas Eve, Eve. Junior. Let's shoot a little breeze, yeah? Yeah, let's shoot a little breeze. Tis the season, boys. Nick, you getting the Christmas spirit or what? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I got Santa running through my veins right now. It's just crazy. <laughs> crazy Christmas over here. I got the lights. Yeah. I'm drinking eggnog. I'm just living it. So, you know, I, I've been watching I some Christmas movies. I saw you got the eggnog. I made an eggnog banana smoothie the other day. Think I'm think Ooh. I'm going to put it in a recipe because like people have been DMing me like crazy about the recipe on that. So Let's call that Nick Jones's eggnog. <laughs> yeah. The Jones nog. We'll, we'll, we'll find nog. some good branding. We'll, I'll have my people talk to your people on the branding. And, okay. Uh, nice. yeah. I got you on the design. Let me know. Cool. So uh, <laughs> I was supposed to? to go. I was supposed to go to Charlotte today. Ended up. Waking or actually last night at 1 a.m. I felt really like bad in my throat. And so Ooh. I was like, oh gosh, I don't want to get my family got sick. The run so out. went, waited in a three-hour line, oh, drive no. through, got the COVID up the nose, tickled the brain. You got the tickle did not test. Feel great. Really? Yeah, got the whole thing. Came up negative, so I'm feeling good, but also I'm still just, you know, drinking my fluids here. I'm trying to get did it hurt? hydrated. And it didn't <clears throat> hurt. Actually, it, it and and Dude. the other thing was it was this like kind of attractive lady, if like with the Schwab way up my nose, <laughs> and I and I just remember my eyes were, I I I just remember my eyes were just like, Damn, red as crazy. can be. I couldn't like I couldn't deal with it. And I you was are like, not selling the COVID test, Nick. How did your COVID test? So go? I was I was gonna comment on that because there are certain testing facilities here where you just, you just go. And every time I've gone, I haven't waited more than 10 minutes in line. Mm. Um, I've just strategically gone at certain times in the day. Um, but anyways, they hand you a, basically just like a ear cleaner size swab. And they're just like, you know, roll it around in each nostril for like, you know, five seconds or something. I was like, okay, perfect. And so I took it myself and did it and it definitely didn't go all the way into the back of like my nose cavity mm-hmm. or whatever, like the quote unquote brain tickle. But the only downside is it, it takes a few days to get your results. So if you want like a rapid test, 
Um, like Rachel got a rapid test where she found out within 24 hours. Um, and that one, she had to get like the brain tickle thing. It's terrible. I do not, uh, wish it on my enemies, but you know, it, <laughs> it, it did. Um, they got a good culture from it. I'm sure. Cause they went way up there. I mean, geez. Yeah. Was it a uh, instant test? It was an instant test. I got my results in maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. It was negative, so we're good to go. I'm that's why go. I came yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, that's why Steven's here in the studio today, but yeah. uh, we're good, so we, we nice. could bring this good to be safe. content to y'all today. Uh, Steven? Yeah, just um, hanging out. It's a busy time of year, but it's Christmas. I love Christmas. I got a lot of good things happening <clears throat> just right over in the new year. You know, I got my sister's wedding. We got New Year's, Christmas, and then we launched the podcast. So mm-hmm. we're coming up. I think we're going to, look forward to as it. long as we hit next week's episode two, we're going to be at 40 episodes. End launch. in 2020. We yeah. started 2019, launch in 2021. It's a, it's a good time for the podcast right now. Yeah, we're excited. For sure. What about you, Nick? Well, yeah, I know. I just kind of talked about, you know. Christmas on my end earlier, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the pod. It seems, sounds like we got a lot to look forward to and yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just grateful. Jackie Brown. Grateful for this movie. And Jackie Brown. So this one, um, this one's going to be interesting because I heard actually, this is like the second or third least viewed works in Tarantino's portfolio. I had never heard of it. So it doesn't surprise me. Nick, you hadn't seen it before. Correct. Steve. I, I hadn't seen nope. it. I had heard of it. Yeah. <clears throat> And um, it's so there was, let's just give everybody, there was uh, Tarantino did Reservoir Dogs, then he did Pulp Fiction, and then he did uh, Jackie Brown. And um, with Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, it's like aggressive and fast dialogue. And there, mm-hmm. and this one's a little bit, um, I guess you would say it's a little more like traditionally, like a traditional movie. It's a little more. It's less violent. Uh, not as much gore. Yeah. Like I, I read a review on that too, Trent, that after this movie, he followed up with like Kill Bill. And it was yeah. like, this movie was kind of a, a you know, a um, an outlier for him in terms of just the the mega violence that he he portrays in a lot of movies, mm. a lot of his other movies that you, you mentioned. So that's why I didn't get a super acclaim. Like right when it came out, I would say it wasn't as like, um, it wasn't as just like a huge deal like Pulp Fiction was. Pulp Fiction was immediately a big success. Um, so this one's a little bit different. Just to have a quick plot here. It's a, a middle-aged woman finds herself in the middle of a huge conflict that will either make her a profit or cost her her life. Ooh. Um, I'll keep that short and sweet and let you guys give a little bit more detail. Yeah, it's about Jackie Brown. She's a flight attendant. <clears throat> and she essentially, she essentially gets picked up by the... I guess what were those those private or ATF agents mm-hmm. and they uh, find out what's in her bag. They find out that she's moving money for uh, this guy. I forget his name, but he's a uh, Ordell Ordell. Yeah. But who plays him? I forget. Samuel, uh, Samuel well. Jackson. Uh, Jackson plays him. Yeah. So Samuel Jackson is, um, and it's so funny. He's just, he's this Pulp Fiction too, right? Yeah. So it was so funny seeing him, seeing Pulp Fiction and then seeing him in this is a uh, very, <laughs> Almost similar character, but he kind of bumped it up for this one a little bit, I think. And um, yeah, he's he's a he's a gun runner, and uh, pretty much she is kind of in the middle of all three. She's and and what's interesting is she's letting everybody know mm-hmm. about this. But yeah, she's pretty much in the middle of this um in the middle of this gun running and 
ATF agency and she's trying to figure out how to come out on top without going to jail or without getting killed. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's a crazy kind of movie. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically this, it's basically a heist, uh, a heist movie is, is a, uh, is a review I read on it and, and explaining it that way, which I definitely think is true. It's basically, it's basically Samuel L. Jackson is kind of this older, older kind of retired criminal, with Robert De Niro and um, it kind of follows their journey and this flight attendant's journey, Jackie Brown. And she gets caught up in this, this drug, uh, this drug and gun smuggling business with Samuel L. Jackson. And um, he's basically trying to fuck him over or fuck. He's basically trying to fuck her over and she's trying to do the same to him. And it's just this really cool movie about like deceit and, um, her ripping him off and it's cool it's it's a cool kind of different spin on like a on like a kind of like a drug you know crime movie like it was definitely an upgrade for me i was like i was applauding you trent i was like this is what training this movie makes training day look terrible in my opinion (laughs) Mm, i would agree with that from from just like a a writing perspective and like the depth of this movie and um how it follows the characters but and uh, to speak on that, and then we'll get into it. But um, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, you know, to his amazingness, wrote this based off of a book. So there, this is based off of uh, a punch. Uh, I can't remember. Okay. Rum Punch is the novel. But Tarantino gets a lot of credit because he took that book and created a whole script, created a screenplay, and absolutely crushed it with this movie. I agree, Nick. I think it was better than Training Day, no doubt. Yeah. A lot of the uh, cinematography. I think a lot of a lot of directors try to do what Tarantino does. I've heard um, people say Boondock Saints is a ripoff, like not mm. like nearly as good as um, yeah, something I that would Tarantino would do. I would agree too. I mean, you can't really you can't really duplicate what he does so uh with that i do want to get more into the novel more into the nitty gritty of this movie do Did you do i need to cross reference that i cross reference it and we'll get into it that's, that's what i'm talking about yeah, let's get let's get into that stats and facts stats and facts stats and facts stats and facts well, we did just talk about the novel, so maybe we should go into that more first. Cross-reference that bitch. That's what I'm talking about. So the novel is called... Like a good cross-reference. Rum Punch. Weird title name. But it was written by Elmore Leonard. And there's a couple things that are different between the two. Um, Jackie's character was known as Jackie Burke in the novel, but Jackie Brown in the film, I think... Tarantino did a good job of renaming. I do that. like Jackie Brown better, in, in, uh, in my opinion. Also, I heard that uh, Jackie was actually white in the novel and black in this film. Um, that's and another... I much prefer her to be black. <laughs> I prefer her character in this. I mean, I don't know who that was. I didn't read the novel, but I really liked um, Pam. I think it's Pam Greer's performance in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, Tarantino was like, "Pam, you're doing this movie yourself." Like he made the whole script for her. Yeah. So it was a very much. She really shined in it. Oh my gosh, she shined in it like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she was a very real, like relatable character, and I was reading a a review on that, basically saying that she, she was such a good protagonist because she was so relatable. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the movie apparently was about this theme of like growing old, you know, mm. and uh, like Samuel L. Jackson's character was 
getting getting older and Robert De Niro, they're kind of like washed up criminals, like trying to live in their prime. And she was kind of that, not that, well, I guess she was kind of older and, and kind of like excited by like some of the like smuggling and stuff that she was doing, but she realized like she was kind of not cut out for that. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah also, that was just a little quick aside, but. Also, um, Lewis originally worked for Max Cherry. Lewis was Robert De Niro um, in the novel, as well as, Ordell, uh, this Ordell was stealing guns with Lewis from a neo-Nazi's house, which was in the novel, but didn't make act, the actual screenplay in the movie. And then one more thing to to end it: um, the film moves the setting from Florida to Los Angeles, and Ordell's money from Jamaica to Mexico. So that was one more thing. I also I definitely heard. prefer L.A. too over Florida. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I love their little beach house. It was reminding me because I was just. Well, not just in in LA, but I I feel like I was in LA not too long ago and staying in like Venice Beach, and mm. I was like, man, it'd be so dope to like have a house like out here in this yeah. cool area with like people skateboarding around, and there's like so much like culture to that part of like LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and the place that they were staying at was like sick, right on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that setting of LA too. Um, Sam Jackson said Compton. this is, is his favorite Quentin Tarantino film. Who? Okay. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, really? Ordell. Yeah. Nice. No, I think Samuel L. Jackson did so good in this movie. Let me just start let's by see, saying let's, that. Can, can we also count? So we have Hateful Eight, this oh, movie. There's so many. Pulp Fiction. We um, haven't done Hateful Eight. No, he's just talking no, about movies I'm saying with Sam Jackson. Oh, uh, Sam Quentin Jackson's did. Tarantino movies. Yeah. And then you got um, uh, the uh, Django movie. Mm-hmm. He's in at least like five of his movies. Yeah, he is. He does. He does a lot of work with him. Wait, we'll, when is he? We'll talk more. When is he in um, Django? And Django. He's, he's the. He's, um, like the, he's in the house. He he's, he's like, like that. He's in the he's house like the, and he's he, doing the yeah. uh, the work that's like not outside. Like oh, the, he's like I, some I sort of house slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, he's, for, um, he's some sort of house slave. And and there's this interview with Samuel L. Jackson that I watched recently, and he is like, I got a call from Tarantino, and uh, I was like, send me the script. So he sat down and read the script and he like called him back and he's like, so you want me to be like one of the most hated like yeah, people. black people yeah. like on cinema history? And he was basically like, yeah. That's the thing <laughs> with like, Quentin, okay. man. He's Quentin like, makes these roles, you know, they're always controversial really roles and really challenging roles, but totally. he always comes through. I mean, he's he's got credit to... I think he's got credit to make a movie like Jackie Brown and talk about, you know, issues that do exist in black communities as well as yeah. things like Django and stuff like that. He he has credit for that to be able to yeah. make those scripts and, and But he, do he it. also he's a little edgy with his films. Very 100%. Edgy. He uh he kind of totes the line, but I like it. I think uh people relate to it and they kind of um mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I feel like Pulp Fiction was a lot, lot more violent, and you know, I, I, I really, really like Django, but again, it's a really violent film. I was expecting this one to be very violent, and it was like very not violent at all. I think only two people die. I, and yeah, it was like quick. It wasn't like drawn out all this kind of stuff. And that's why I think um, this movie gets a ton of credit because a lot of people 
throw shade on uh, Tarantino saying he just like glorifies all the gore and that's the only reason he has good movies because yeah. it's just in your face. But then you look at a movie like this that he directs and it really shows that he can pull everything out of a movie even without doing the blood and all of that. Yeah. yeah, it's about the characters. Like he's so good at at taking all of these like separate stories and bringing them together. Like when you look at this movie, there's the whole storyline between Samuel L. Jackson and Robert De Niro. Like Robert De Niro's character in in itself, in himself in this movie is like a whole freaking <laughs> thing to unpack. Yeah. Like he is a psychopath. Um, and he's just one piece of the puzzle. And, and Tarantino's so good at like weaving together all these different stories. And that kind of like segues into this one point I was going to bring up. Um, Tarantino kind of relates this movie to a film like um dazed and confused like how it's like a hangout movie yeah and he basically says like this this movie is good and people will continue to watch this movie for years to come and rewatch this movie to see the the hangout scenes between the characters mm. you're not necessarily going to like rewatch the like kill scenes because you know when they're going to happen every time mm -hmm. you want to see yeah. like the character development and how the like relationships form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, I know what you I mean. I think that's such a cool like element of his, his movies. I was going to go back real quick. Cause we did touch on this and I don't want to say like, I know that Tarantino has credit with the black community. Like I, I, I heard that from an interview where Sam Jackson was defending Tarantino saying, um, anything Quentin does can't be racist. He literally says that in, in this interview. And also, yeah. um, obviously there, the N word gets used. I, I read here 38 times and Spike Lee publicly criticized Tarantino for it while Sam Jackson defended him about it. So, I mean, there's obviously controversy even within that statement I said earlier. So I did want to just touch on that again to bring that back around, but also, yeah. oh, oh, go ahead. And, and to, to you know, I, I saw Tarantino speak on that cause he was like interviewed about it and he was basically like, I'm, I'm trying my best to basically just represent the, the setting of that time. And it, he was basically saying it would, it would almost be more offensive if I didn't use the word at all or used it very lightly. Um, because it wouldn't be representative of like what the culture was at that time. Gotcha. Like that's kind of how he defends it. And sure. You could say that it's like, well, he doesn't have to use it that much. Um, so I think that's a, that's kind of a separate argument, but yeah, to use it, at, to not use it at all would almost be kind of like ignorant to, to history, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, in his defense, it seems completely modern. It seems like very normal. And that's what I really liked about Pulp Fiction too. Remember I told you, I was like, they talk like gangsters and suits would talk nowadays. Yeah. And it was, didn't. it was back in the day. I, I think back in those days, they didn't have, you know, movies where, you had Travolta talking like that, or, you know, mm. even like, you know, just the way he was talking in Pulp Fiction, the way he was talking in this, you know, it was just one of those things. And man, Chris, uh, who was it? Chris Rock? Chris Tucker. I mean, Chris Tucker. Chris Damn, Tucker. dude, he goes out so early. I was pre rush pretty... hour. Was it pre rush that was hour? That oh, was that's funny. pre rush hour. Dude, he yeah. had like that. 10 that was minutes. pretty. That was pretty shocking to me because, like, when that. When that first kill scene happened, I was like, shit, like I didn't even see that coming, especially because of uh, what a what a big name Chris Tucker is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now um, I was like, oh, damn, this is going to be like a Chris Tucker movie, too, mm -hmm. with yeah. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. That's what this I was about to be like, badass. hell yes. Like, this is going to be a sick combo. And then just the way that they sh the way that they filmed the the shooting scenes mm -hmm. and, and I. Probably shouldn't be talking about this in stats and facts, but like I just get really excited like on some of these parts. The way that he shoots the 
the killing scenes from these angles. Yeah. Um, I was reading a review that said that shot of him shooting him in the trunk, like how the camera angle like panned out. It was, was way like back like, and you saw it from a distance. It was way almost. back and you saw it from a distance. It's almost like you were observing it, it as a person. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then he has the uh, the scene um, where he shoots Robert De Niro in the car and you can't see the gun. Like it looks like he's just talking to him and then he just shoots him mm-hmm. and you can't, mm-hmm. it's filmed from the back seat and you can't see Samuel L. Jackson holding the gun and it like it's like, oh shit, I didn't even see that coming. Yeah, like, that was, so those, are, those at, both scenes were really, really good. So I guess three people died. And, and so. the girl, and the girl in the, the parking lot. Yeah, that was a really quick, it, it was really weird. He didn't see that one coming either. And uh, I don't know, De Niro really didn't impress me like I thought he was. He, I think he was playing a good character of what he was told to play. Oh, he impressed me. But I think that his character could have just been yeah like written better i mean de niro could have easily acted it but um i think they were just like you need, your character needs to be like this kind of character so just do your best to do this and we're like, we're getting into favorite scenes but quickly utilize yeah, quickly i'm going to give you backlash on that because i think he i think he was great actually with with I would agree. and i heard sam jackson say this in an interview he was like when i was watching the movie for the first time i was watching robert de niro uh his parts because he had to totally. go back and watch the movie again to see himself in some of those scenes because yeah, he comes out of jail and he doesn't really know how to act. He doesn't know this new gangster world that he's like going into again. And he's like, he's like learning it all mid, you know, scenes and you can kind of see him portray that in the, in the movie. It, it was really well done. I really liked his character a lot. And I guess he developed a lot, but he was super quiet in the beginning. You see him just not talking and mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, just looking at him talking nonstop about the guns. He's like, just sitting there looking right in his face. De Niro's just looking right at the TV, not at Samuel L. Jackson. He's just getting his ear talked off and he's just sitting there super quiet, not even saying anything. I just felt like they could have utilized him more. Uh, I mean, they he did a good job, but I was focused on Jackson and uh, Jackie Brown the whole time. Like their characters really had me like mesmerized. Let's keep going. We're we're babbling a little. So babbling. Sam Jackson says, uh, "Motherfucker, thirty-seven times." Um, unlike Reservoir Dogs, and, unlike Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown is filmed in chronological order, which I kind of personally do enjoy. Like it's a little more traditionally structured, um, and then. Let's get into some of these numbers. 39 million box office with a 12 million budget means 27 million profit for this movie. Nice. Well said. Not bad. Well said. He even had the complete profit margin right in there for you I guys. did. Two hours, nice. 34 minutes. Uh, Steven was giving me some shade on that, um, but last week you did the Flyboys. Hey, so. I can't give you any shade on it. I just wasn't expecting it, but then you <laughs> said, uh, then when I found out it was a Quentin Tarantino movie, I was like, yeah, probably two and a half hours. Did you both watch it in one sitting or did you have to split it up? Um, I watched it like while I was editing some other podcasts, so oh, I kind of okay. watched it like kind of in spurts and then the whole time mm-hmm. though, and then like the, the last half of it, I just sat through the whole time. So Steven's going to suck it I, up. For I five split five. it up in, in two nights, but I mainly watched it all in one night. I Ooh, knocked out like 30, five now. <laughs> I, I knocked out like 30 minutes the first night and then really? sat down and watched it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I was, I was late at night and I was super free. It's interesting how uh, okay. it takes 30 minutes before Jackie Brown is even introduced. It was Jackie Brown introduced by the time you uh, ended it last night. Uh, you mean two nights ago? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Cause that's, yeah, she, she, she doesn't come in until like 30 minutes. And I noticed, 
I was like, man, it's 30 minutes in and they're just now introducing this woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, I guess for two great. and a half hours, you got a lot of time to... He draws it out. Yeah, he draws it. it out. Well, I guess yeah. they do show her in the very, very beginning as she's walking like to her walking plane. walking in. Yeah. God, some of these scenes... Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm like sitting there watching so this dope, and I'm like... Man. The very beginning. The reason this movie is two and a half damn hours is because... They're showing like every fucking minute yeah, but of every fucking to, day. That's why it's such a <laughs> good movie, though. Like Ryan, to Ryan's point, just drawn out. So like let's talk about back that. To, this let's talk about to that. Ryan's point, it's it's drawn out. The plot's really there. You get all of the characters. Like you need that right. amount of time well, to get this. movie. Let's talk about the way that it's shot because um, he was talking about that. It kind of goes back to the hangout, the hangout movie. Um, a lot of it because he gets criticism for some of that. Like a lot of his scenes are really long, long and drawn out. Where it's like you could have gotten to the point much faster. Like there's one scene where she walks through the airport, and it's like they filmed the whole walk through the airport just for her to get outside. And it was just like, why didn't you just show her like standing outside? Or there's like little things where, where in the beginning it's just Samuel L. Jackson and Robert De Niro just like hanging out on the couch watching TV. For, I loved like, the it first. Though. I loved it. But that's the thing. It's like those scenes are what you want to go back and watch the movie for. And uh, yeah, sometimes if if you're, you're really like motivated or driven by um, a lot of plot and action, his movies can seem really slow because there's there's more of these hangout scenes, more of these like buffer scenes where it's not a lot of like- I don't know. Boom, boom, I, boom, I really plot. don't know what you guys are talking about with that. I feel like all his movies are very like- <laughs> plot and focused and intensive but i do like those scenes especially when they have audio going on with them or just like dialogue i should say i really like it it uh but those scenes where it's just like showing someone for like a really long time doing the same thing or doing nothing or just walking or then it goes back to this person doing the same thing it goes back to this person i'm like I, I remember I was like, this is just this is why this is two and a half hours. Because well, yeah, these, there's so many silent scenes of just them showing this one person, but something's got to fill up the two and a half hours. So yeah, <clears throat> but it's rated R. Um, came out in December of '97. Actually, it came out two days from today, tomorrow. But what is that? Twenty three years ago. Oh wow. And then three years ago, crime drama. Um, and then let me do this. Trauma. Let me do this real quick. <laughs> 87% on Rotten Ayo. Tomato, 85% <laughs> audience score on Rotten Tomato, 7.5 IMDb, and then the Google Google users gave it an 89%, and that's all I got for y'all, unless you want to hear a um, little more details. I don't have much more else, though. No. I mean, we could check out the trip. Oh, I, I got a, I got a quick, quick fact. Go ahead, Nick. Fact quick up. little nugget. Quick, quick little nugget in my back pocket here. Whip. So uh, apparently Tarantino wanted to gauge the audience's reaction to key moments in the movie. So he spent like the first several weeks after the movie's release watching it in theaters. He said that he uh, he watched it 13 times at the Magic Johnson Theater. Uh, just He just like lived at that movie theater because nice. he was just like obsessed with like gauging the audience reactions to certain like key scenes. Yeah, he seems like... Talk like about somebody be- who like... Talk about like analyze like almost like an athlete like analyzing their film. It's like yeah. he's literally going there to watch people watch his movie to see their reaction. Yeah, he seems like that movie. kind of director. Like how analytical and like uh-huh. it'd be so funny if he doesn't receive the reaction. What are y'all talking about? This is a great <laughs> scene. He's the, this is yeah, a great fucking scene. You guys are all hypocritical critics. Fuck you all. <laughs> Also, he said uh, he met Robert Forrester, Tarantino did, in a restaurant, handed him the script and said, you're going to do this, and that's all there is to it. 
Boom. Robert Forrester was Max Cherry. He got he got nominated for I think an Oscar for this. Yeah, I got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but did not win by Ooh, the Academy. Sh- okay. <clears throat> that's uh that's just pretty much known if you say nominated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did you not say win. nominated for someone, you just assume that they didn't win it. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that from now now on, I guess. Um, but I think we should hit that five four. Five for five. Cue the music. For that Cinco E Cinco. Okay. Five for five to stay alive. Five for five to stay alive this week. Trent's hosting, so he's going to give out those five questions for $5. If Nick or Steven gets four of the five questions correct, they get $5, of which I will Venmo to them. That's right. Um, to keep this thing kosher. Keep that kosher, Nick. <laughs> keep it kosher. That's our model. Our, our motto. <laughs> That's our motto. Keep it kosher. We are not Jewish, but we so, like to keep it kosher. Question number one is is a little... I don't know what you guys are going to think. You guys might know this one. You might not. But I thought it was a little bit of an easier one. I hope it's not a wiffle ball, though. That's for sure. Question number one is, what is the only thing Lewis ever asks from Max and the whole movie? Lewis is De Niro, right? Lewis is De Niro. Okay. And Matt. And the only thing he asks Max. from who? Max. Max Cherry. Who is that? The uh, bail bondsman? Yeah. Mm. The bail bondsman. Okay. And this is the only thing that he asks of him. Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember them interacting at any point. In the well, it's a big, it's a, it's kind of a oh, big part because um, you remember Sam Jackson's like, you recognize uh, yeah. uh, Max and, I, and, and I didn't forgot, say anything? Yeah. I forgot yeah. at that point that they knew each other. Yeah, they did. So, But it, he, he had got bonded. At that point, you don't realize that uh, he's already bonded him out already. Mm-hmm. And then... Okay, wait, let, let's, let's... All right, yeah, go ahead. Let me give... Yeah. So the answer choices are A is a bond for 10000 B is his help. C is coffee. And D is... His keys. I'll repeat the question. What is the only thing Lewis ever asks from Max in the entire whole movie? Oh, I know it. Nick, go ahead. Nick, go ahead. You got to repeat. <laughs> All right. So options are a bond for 10,000, his help, coffee, and his keys. And you're saying this relates to the scene where he's talking to Samuel um, L. Jackson? They relate in that. You, because I don't remember them in, ever interacting either. But they do. do but they <laughs> do don't. interact. Lewis and Max interact uh, in a particular scene of which this question is asking about. Can you can you explain when the scene like mm, when the scene I don't was? Know if I should, I, I know the scene and I can't explain it if you wish me to. I don't wish you to. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> explain the quotes for us. He's got you there, Nick. He does, but like and they never. Me and Trent are kind of teaming up on you, but you deserve to be knocked off your damn pedestal. You've been getting yeah, too cocky, collected okay. too much. Rename five the for questions. five money. <laughs> so we're not explaining the scene. <laughs> We've been paying too much. Okay, read re, the re question or the, the answers or the answers. The answers. All right, a bond for ten thousand. His help. Coffee. His keys. Steven, <laughs> I think he's that gullible. Oh, Come on, Nick, you staller. Um, a bond for ten thousand. Steven, 
Uh, so I think it is a little bit of a trick question because of that. I know it's the coffee. Is your answer the coffee? The co- it is the coffee. Correct answer is the coffee. But um, I think also he d- does. Uh, wouldn't it be a ten thousand dollar a bond for De Niro? Also, Sam Jackson only asks. Sam Jackson asked for the bond. Can you explain yeah, so the, the scene, scene now? is and you'll oh, remember so, so specifically. Yeah, he Nick, asks this should give him. you. Uh, this should give you clarity. You remember when um, he gives his uh, Sam Jackson gives his keys to uh, De Niro and he's like, and the car will go boop boop boop, and that's when you know it's unlocked. And then he goes out to the car and he unlocks it. Yeah. That's when Lewis and Max are in the same yeah. room together. But even before that scene, right. Lewis asks for coffee uh, when he's like in the waiting room with with Max in Max's office. Yeah, Jackson to- sits oh, down gosh. and then he's in, he's in the back. He's of like, can I have some coffee? Of course, like, it's sure, him asking for coffee. Yeah, of course he asks for coffee. Yeah, because I was like, did they cross? Because I was like, he like waves at him when they're at the dressing room at the end. But I was like, I don't mm. remember them talking. Yeah, that but was a that was kind of a, good question, a I guess. slip in the movie that was just real quick. I got another one of those that I'm going to ask you right now. Question number two is, number how dose. much was Ordell's screwdriver at the Cockatoo Inn where he met with Jackie to discuss the trial run? Ooh. Answer choices are 325, 475, 535, and 615. Those are your answer choices. Um, how much was Ordell's screwdriver at the cockatoo inn where he met with Jackie to discuss the trial run 325 475 535 615 Nick Steven I'm gonna go a Steven goes 325 I was gonna I was actually gonna go a as well you both doing that yeah because it 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 seems like that that's a reasonable but expensive drink in nineteen. That's what I would consider. Whatever. I mean, that's a long time ago. If you're spending like five, six dollars for that drink, I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's just my. That was my same. Uh, yeah. Correct same. answer is three twenty-five. Nick Nux virtually Ooh, bud. Nice. Did did he give him four dollars or uh, so? How much I money read this thing that says he they, he gave him five dollars, but then I looked back at the scene and he actually gives him two bills. So I don't know how that would sum to five dollars. Um, so then I so then Probably I just dollar bill and a three dollar bill because I was going to ask what was the tip he gave him. And Ooh, because he, he probably g- gave him ten dollars <laughs> and just gave him a fat tip. Yeah, maybe. Something online said he gave him five dollars, so it was a buck seventy-five because the drink was three twenty-five. But that's that's very in the weeds here. Let's not get that deep. All right. So question yeah. number three. It was a dollar seventy-five. Question number three is, and Stephen is two for two now. Where in Mexico is Ordell's Guapo? Ooh, I think I'll remember this. Why don't you uh, go ahead and ring-a-ling those answers? Yeah, this might Swish. be a wiffle ball. Uh, answer choices are Tijuana. Don't be looking at the... Yeah, I'm not. I just... What do you want me to look? <laughs> Tijuana, Cabo, or Guadalajara? Nick. Oh, Nick knows it, doesn't he? He was given the swish oh. sign. Uh, Well, I think we both know it. Well, I, think I actually... Se- I, I think Steven should go. I don't, one know, of, one of these, I don't know if I one know of these, it. One of these answers Let's threw Steven me go off first, a little bit. One more time on the answers. I don't know if I know it. I thought I would have known it by the answers, but um, I really don't just by the ones you're saying. So go ahead, repeat them. Okay, so and choices are Tijuana, it's, Cabo, or Guadalajara. And it's where the money's yeah, where, located. Uh, Ordell has his money in Mexico. <sighs> I'm going to go I think I know Cabo. it more than Steven, so. Okay, Nick. 
Uh, Cabo. Correct answer Cabo is Cabo Wabo, baby. The guapos nice. and Cabo. The airport threw me off. Isn't that the airport in Mexico? Or no, that's the one in New York, isn't it? Guadala. No, I'm thinking, thinking of, of O'Hare. You're thinking of what's um, the one in? Uh, what do you? You're thinking. There's JFK and then of, um, LaGuardia. God, we LaGuardia. hit the <laughs> Where's Guadalajara? Where's Where's Guadalajara, Trent? Is it's that in Mexico? Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Guadalajara. Is it the? Is it an it's airport? A city, it's a city, city, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, "What is he thinking?" I think you got like, confused with the New York, New York one. one out there. What is that popular? That's why I got confused because I was like, at some point, maybe they were talking about like, we're moving it from this airport in Mexico to this airport. Um, But yeah, I remember them talking about Cabo. All right, question number four. Steven's three for three, I'm two for three. All right, what kind of bag did Ordell say he had the upfront cash for Beaumont's Beaumont's bail? What kind of bag did Ordell say say he had the upfront cash for Beaumont's bail in? Okay, go to the answers. Answer choices are... Proctor, Raptor, Kangle, and Ataris. Does he say it? Yes. These are types. These, these are, are types, types of, of bags. bags. Oh, I remember when he says this one more time. And, and he's saying it to who? Uh, Ordell. What kind of bag did Ordell say he had? He's saying it to the bail bail bondsman for Beaumont's bail in. Yeah, he says it to Max Cherry. To the bail bondsman. He's sitting in the office. He shows him the bag Max and Cherry. he says it. Yeah. One more time. Proctor, Raptor. Kangle, Taurus. I think I know. I have no idea. Go ahead, Nick J. I'm going to guess Proctor. I'm going to go Proctor also. Correct answer is Raptor. Damn. Does he? He says that. No. I don't remember him saying Raptor. And uh, Kangle was like that kangaroo hat. You remember his? That sounds hat? like a they car. Had kangaroo on it. <laughs> no, I know. That's pretty cool. Though. Yes. Yeah. The little like. The, the little fly, like old man poker yeah, cigar cool hat, hat kind of thing. <clears throat> okay, so. With this ponytail flipping <laughs> out the back. That fucking ponytail. We got to get deep dive into that. And also the, the chin <laughs> we'll rat get tail. Into that. We'll have a whole section on his ponytail. Yeah, the chin rat tail Fu Manchu type thing with the uh, ponytail. Party we'll in have the back a whole and party in the that. front. I forgot, to, I forgot to tell you guys, we're adding a whole section tonight on the uh, We're so adding a uh, ponytail section. I have a feeling Steven's going to get what I was going to do as the fifth question. But because I think that, I'm going to give him the other question, which was a bonus question. However, under the... Can we actually add a ponytail section every sure. pod sure, and talk about we will do the ponytail. ponytails from somebody on the episode? <laughs> sure. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to... So I had that under mind, um, so. these circumstances... But I think Nick is on to something with the ponytail. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so under these circumstances, I'm going to ask this question under the contingency that Stephen goes first because... And Nick, don't say any words after I I say the question because Steven's up for the $5, okay? Question is, and Nick, don't say a word, what is the body count? Ooh, I think I know. Go ahead. Answer choices are two, three, four, and five. Let me think about it for one second. Take your time, Steven. These are, uh, you see see them killed. This is just throughout the movie. How many people? What's the body count? But you see them die. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, Nick, don't say anything. Don't say anything. I, I'm not saying anything. You're I saying just wanted something. to clarify that question. <laughs> Stop talking, Nick. <laughs> 
That was a word. That's why. I said yeah. no words. I'm going to go three. Steven goes three. Nick, what do you think? It is oh. four. Steven's face right now because he knows he got the fifth question wrong. Ah, who was the fourth one? Let's go through them. Is it four? Yeah. So, who are the four, Nick? Yeah. The, uh, we got the Beach Babe, De Niro, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I always and forget Chris the Tucker. fucking main character dies. <laughs> I always forget the fucking main character dies. Dude, like, you talking about Sam Jackson? Yes, you I forgot, forgot he died? Sam Jackson. Just like in uh, Training Day when I forgot Denzel died. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, Denzel does die at the very end. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it's the very end that kind of throws me off. Nice. Because they're like alive the entire movie until then. Maybe I just don't register. But fuck, good job. What did, was I? Was what was was I three? What out was of five? that, um, Nick? I thought you were three. Out of, you missed the coffee question and the raptor question. I missed. Yeah. Oh, so you I both what, what was that encore? Uh, we were both what was that encore you thought I was going to get? So the bonus question was: When does the movie take place? Ooh, I don't know. If Answer I got choices that one. are: the summer of '97, the summer of '95, spring of '97, spring of '95. I'm going to guess summer. Summer '95. Correct answer. Summer '95. Summer of '95. I knew it was 95, so I, I, and I, I just went, assumed it was summer. Glad I went with that body count. Body count question. Why'd you know it was 95? I heard them. Uh, at, he, remember when one of the officers was um like narrating everything for the recorder? He's yeah, like, that's when it was 1995. Uh, he said, I'm going through the purse right now, it's yeah. got this in it and this, and he's just narrating. I think he everything. said July of 1995. That's how I got the summer. And mm. I knew it was, uh, I think, 97 it was. I gotcha released right it, that's when it was released so two years after so pretty modern take on it okay boys you didn't win this week for trent's five for five trent knocking it out of the park with some good questions let's hit that next section next section it's time for that dnc dnc director and cast director in the cast and what a director this week i mean it's not every day we get a tarantino film to discuss this guy can we just say what a name oh yeah like what a legendary name it's like the last name sounds like tarantula so you kind of sound like intimidating like a spider Mm. and then you got a name like quentin i mean puts the bow something about it just rings rings and we've talked about him before he's a repeat we did pulp fiction already but that was the only other one we've done so far um, I want to go chronologically with his movies this time, if you guys are okay with that. We can, but we, this is a repeat director, Pulp Fiction, we've done in the past. Yep. Surprised we haven't That's had right. more of him, but uh, we will definitely have more of him in the future. He's got some um, shorts. I mean, technically his first like big mil- film was called My Best Friend's Birthday in 87, but really Reservoir Dogs in 92 was the big one. And then Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction in 94, and then... Um, he really can we did. just say he, those were his first two movies and like those were the two huge movies he's known for? Oh, yeah. Cult classics. He's known for them. Everyone loves those movies. And then I've never fiction. seen Reservoir Dogs, but I hear about it till the you know cows come home. The Hateful Eight from Dusk Till Dawn. <laughs> I hear about it till the cows come home. <laughs> so Pulp Fiction was in Steven's 94. got his camo hat on. He's a, he's a, he's a country boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then Jackie Brown in 97. And then after Jackie Brown, Nick, you said it with Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2 was 03 and 04. For, and um, they're in production yeah. for, or it's not not in production, but they they just announced Kill Bill Volume Three, which I just got really freaking excited about. Oh hell yeah! And Glorious um, Bastards, and Glorious Bastards. Yep. Uh, then he's got Django, got Django, The Hateful Eight, like you said, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Django, so I, I really and and Glorious are probably a couple of my favorite films about him. I didn't love Inglorious Bastards for some reason. I need to it see just was it a, again. I need to watch it again and give it another. It was like a badass shape, but, war movie. They were like pretty much. They, but they it's were more kind like of a this comedy, like, like a satire. A yeah, bit. it was very comedic, but also very gory. I didn't really like that aspect of it, but I liked that there was this like group of guys that were so badass, and they only took the most badass people under their crew to go off oh, and like right. to kill a bunch yeah. of Nazis. They're like, I do we're that. out here like doing some serious numbers, so like we don't, we only recruit the best. And like, they would like break people out of yeah. p- prisoner of wars and everything. And, and it's it a good movie. Before we do leave uh, Tarantino, I, I did want to say he usually does do cameos in all of his movies. Most movies he does a cameo. This movie though, he mm-hmm. didn't. Um, and I thought that was an uh, interesting move. He did, however, say a voicemail. He had his voice in the voicemail of Jackie Brown, I believe. But that was it. You didn't see Quentin's face like pop up in this movie, which I was kind it's of cool. Okay that it's with. like his like calling card. Like yeah, it's almost his. It's almost his calling card that he has to like put his stamp on it. But it also like does that. distract you a little bit in the movie. You're you're kind of like in the plot and in the story, and then you're like, oh, there's Tarantino. Like I know, I yeah, know what he looks like and why is he? I, I was also gonna say, um, the Hateful Eight is another like really well regarded movie that I need to watch, and um, it it was filmed in Telluride, Colorado, um, which cool. is yeah, a few hours. Yeah you know, away from cool. Denver, uh, which cool. is really cool. Interesting little thing. He wrote one episode or two episodes. I think they're the same, like double episode for CSI. And it was called grave digger. And it's, uh, says while investigating the case, Nick is abducted and buried alive in a special coffin while his team takes unorthodox steps to try to find him. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Really, really interesting. He wrote for that, and that's kind of what he came up with. The guy gets kidnapped and buried alive. Let's go into the stars. Pam Greer. Real, so, yeah. real quick, uh, we didn't mention Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a big oh, sure. one. I didn't like um, that one, actually. I, did you watch all of it? Yeah, I saw it in theaters the day it came out, the weekend it came out. I know. Um, I didn't know the backstory mm. before going into it, but I remember watching it being like, damn, I don't like this one as much. Did either of you see Once Upon a Time in what? Hollywood? That's what we're talking That's about. That's what we were just saying. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear what the title you're talking about. Because I, I hadn't seen that um, one either. And um, if, it looked very much like... Oh, I feel like... Some of the scenes with movie, Leo the, looked really Wolf good. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't finish it, to be honest. Um, I started it, and um, we didn't finish it. But... What what didn't you like about it, Trent? There was one scene in particular that um I can I can touch on. It was when Brad Pitt went to see the uh I not necessarily prostitute, but like girl younger girl who was had at the camp and Brad Pitt had to go up to like basically the leader of the camp who was that high profile uh serial killer, forget his name. Um mm-hmm. and he goes up to the camp and he's like he's like at the very top of this like where the house is that he lives at and he's the head honcho for this whole area where he's, he's keeping all of these people. Um, and it was such a letdown. He gets in the, in the room and it's just this fat guy who's sleeping and they built it up so much 
that you were expecting something like, you know, kind of like the end scene where Leo's got the flame flow or some flamethrower and he's lighting up uh, the people on fire, which was a really great scene. But there were definitely mm-hmm. elements of the movie that were really dragged out and I felt like could have been better. I didn't like the movie personally. I, I didn't like it yeah. a lot, which is a hot take because it got a lot of praise. And what a title, Once Upon a Time, Ellipses and Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Like he was having well, the, ellipses the concept- mid-title and then finish the title. And, and ellipses, isn't it just Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And on this, it says Once Upon a Time dot 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 in Hollywood. Yeah. I think it's because a play on Once uh, Upon a Time, and Once Upon a Time was used, I think, yeah. as a title in the past, but obviously in Hollywood was uh, played yeah. just this movie specifically. But the the idea of the movie is really cool, like a washed-up actor and kind of following his journey and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to I need to give it another shot. And Check Margot Ro- yeah. Robbie's in that as well as uh, Brad Pitt. So. Yeah, I didn't even like Margot Robbie's scenes that much either. But that's, again, a hot take. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, this fucking hypocritical critic won't shut up about how mm-hmm. that movie sucks. Hypocritical critic. <clears throat> exactly. So, But yeah, let's get into the stars. Um, Pam Greer is Jackie Brown. Phenomenal job. I loved her in this. Oh, I yeah. saw an interview of Killed her. her. Uh, it was an interview of Charlie Rose, who's this guy who interviews people, who does a great job interviewing people. And Pam Greer was on it. And she just like is so eloquently, really well-spoken, really knows her shit. And um, I was just really impressed by her in her acting in this movie and just watching her in this interview. Like she takes this shit seriously, obviously. Um, yeah, she, mm-hmm. recently she's been in Bless This Mess. Uh, she plays Constance. But yeah, she's known for Jackie Brown, Above the Law, Ghost of Mars and Mars Attacks. It looks like those are. Oh my gosh, she was in that Snow Day that. movie back in the day. Oh my gosh, with uh, yeah, I remember that the movie. guy from uh, Drake and Josh in it. Not to be confused with the movie she's also in called Back in the Day. Thank you. Yeah, Snow Day, dude. I remember that movie. You remember that movie? That's <laughs> yeah, a good barely, one. though. She was in uh, The Fresh Prince, apparently. Um, is Janice really? Robertson? Yeah, cool. I don't remember her off the top of my head. Um, and she also, Stephen, she was in the Grand Theft Auto video game as long as well as looks like Call of Duty randomly. Smallville, which, uh, the TV series. Game, you know which video game? Grand Theft Auto Five. She did the DJ, one of the DJ voices. <laughs> probably you know like what's on crazy? The that game they something. put so much money in like voice actors and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that I thought about getting it the other day because it's so cheap on like the Microsoft market. Pretty fun game. Right now. Pretty fun game. She's in a movie called Foxy Brown in 74. I think that's when kind of like her earlier works where Tarantino was um, basing her acting off of and why he wanted to use her so much were some of those earlier movies she did. Um, <clears throat> Interesting. Foxy Brown and Jackie Brown. That sounds so similar. Yeah. Honestly, as good as she was in this movie, it's not like she's been in any like lights out movies, any like big blockbusters, you know, like I feel like she's pretty under the radar. A little bit. I mean, yeah. That's the other thing is uh, Tarantino gets called for taking 70s actors and remaking them and giving them careers again like he did for kind of Robert Forrester. Um, But all that he says about it, Tarantino, is that he just has a Rolodex of actors and he anybody who's a good actor just gets put on his list. They don't have to be the most attractive or anything like that. Yeah. If you're a good actor, you get put on there and apparently that's how he got some of these uh, old older actors like more fame and more acclaim in later years. He probably brings out the best in people too. Like a really good, you know, coach would like mold mm-hmm. 
their players into being like really, really good. Like taking a, like a player who may not be like the best player or the, you know, in this case, the best actor and being able to like develop them. Like, you know, when Jamie Foxx went, um, and met with Tarantino for, uh, was it Tarantino for, yeah, for Django, he was saying how intense he was and how it was like really humbling that, uh, you know, he was having this director being like, get basically get your shit together and like you need to act, you know mm-hmm. you know I, yeah, this is I, how I we're going to do it you know you know he's he seems like he could be like very hard to work with just like a you know a really like elite coach would be yeah i heard even on set like the people getting water for people like are you know even they are are mesmerized by tarantino really yeah like everybody on the set sure. he probably has to have a big personality and to run a production like that like a big name production mm-hmm. and not only you're are you running and directing it but he's also writing for it he's sort yeah. of doing everything mm-hmm. you know it seems like he's also casting like oh i know that you know samuel L. jackson can play this role no problem mm-hmm. put de niro here he can, he just he knows the actors he's done a lot of movies with them and he knows they can use them really well and i think that's interesting yeah. i uh, i feel like a lot of them started off together and they're like they just work well together and they had a lot of success early on and they're like let's just keep doing this we work well together and like mm-hmm. you know let's keep making it happen I like yeah. sam jackson and and not to like belabor the point but I, I was watching this other interview with tarantino where he was talking about his like writing process and it was really interesting you know it's like it's like somebody plays music and um i i would consider myself creative um it was cool seeing his process for how he like works and just think about like being like an, a writer or director. It's not like you have like a day job that you go into. So like your job, similar to a musician, is like to create like material, like create content. So he's like saying that he he lives in the hills in LA and he has like this really cool patio. And he's like, in the morning, I'll go out there from like, you know, early morning to like 11 a.m. and just sit on my patio, like looking out at the hills and I'll just write. Like I'll just write. And, um, then I'll get in my pool and I'll like brainstorm and then I'll like go back to my writing and he's just got like this whole process. Like he treats it as like a work day though. Like, you know, like some of these creative people, they're just like, Oh, right. When I'm inspired, like, he's like, no, I have like a job from like when I wake up in the morning to like, when I go to bed, it's like writing or thinking about writing or editing my writing. And it was like, damn, this guy is like really about his craft. You know, It, it was just cool to see that and hear somebody and be like, yeah, this is why this guy's great at what he does. But you know, what's crazy about that is that when you think about great writers like Tarantino and Stephen King, you, cause I've, I've even tried to dabble into myself and it's, it's a lot of thinking. It's not even a lot of writing. It's a lot of just thinking and thinking and thinking and then having like that idea. And for me, I, I feel like it's most helpful when you try to think of that, you know, that overall idea, like that CSI thing I just read to you. This guy is investigating a crime scene. He gets taken and put um, buried underground, and they have to go through stuff to find him. It's like you got to think of that idea first, I think, and then you're like, all right, now I have this idea. Similar to J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter, not to bring that up, but on her train ride, she thought of the entire yeah. idea, all seven all seven books, she knew the entire story, and then she was like, yeah. all right, now let me start writing and actually breaking this a really, really good idea that I have in this, like yeah. that I know can make sense overall. So now it's like, all right, now let's put it on paper, but you got to have that overall idea. You got to know about Jackie Brown and you got to, you got to know the full scope yeah. of it before you start, you know, going into all the crazy nitty gritty. And it was cool hearing him talk about, sorry, Trent, just one more thing. Um, it was cool hearing him talk about like, there's certain things that I will 
I will kind of like compartmentalize and, and, and be like, okay, that, that chapter is done. Like that's finalized. I've got that done. I'm going to move on. But he was like, I'll intentionally leave things open-ended on set for like things to fall into place and be like unscripted in a way. Like I've got like almost like a musician, how they, you know, may have a song structured, but have like improvisational sections to it. Like, you know, going back to Ray shameless plug, you guys should go watch that episode. Really good episode. Um, but anyways, yeah. So like he leaves things open for like improv, you know, like on set, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and I bet Tarantino does that to a certain extent, kind of like uh, lets people know the part, like maybe a scene that they don't know so that they're like shocked when some character says something. I'm sure Tarantino involves that in some some sort of yeah. former fashion, but why don't we get into one of his main pupils, Sam Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson. He's Samuel known for Pulp Jackson. Fiction, The Hateful Eight, Snakes on a Plane, and Jackie Brown. Did you guys see Snakes on a Plane? I did, yeah, a long time ago. I don't think I remember thinking that movie. Was I did good. too. I remember it was I was like, "This good, is actually. getting ridiculous." Yeah, they're <laughs> really running yeah, out of it's, ideas. It's kind of an out there, out there concept. But he was also in some of the Marvel Avengers movies. Star Wars. Uh, it looks like he was in. Yeah, he was in Star Wars. He was. Uh, was it Mace Windu in Star Wars? Um, yeah, like I was saying off air, he's just been in so many. 189 uh, so many Tarantino credits. movies. How about this movie for Sam Jackson? I mean, Django. Yes, Pulp, pulp Fiction, <clears throat> big deal. But this was kind of a a role of his, this like was one unlike of his best anything movies. I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen very many villains that can pull this off like Sam Jackson did. I don't know about anybody that I would replace. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is one of his best movies. I will go out on a limb with you. The one thing that... Um, like top two or three. One thing that I, I heard Lauren give crap on was uh, his goatee or whatever, his little... Uh, <laughs> his braided, tiny his little... braided, like... Yeah, goatee. Oh, his rat tail. Beard. And his beard. ponytail, obviously, too. It was I a ponytail. I think if one doesn't a, disturb a you, the other ponytail. one will. <laughs> a beard. <laughs> A beard ponytail. But ponytail. I personally enjoyed it. I thought it just added to the cinema, like, you know, interesting factor of the whole movie. No, I know. his, And it was so unexpected of him to look like that. You would not expect him to look like that. But it was so funny. Yeah. It was like one of those things that he just owned and it was like his style. And he just, oh, it was his and it idea. Made it, and it made it cool. His idea to do it too. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Steven, have you seen um SWAT? The movie SWAT. No, he's in that movie back in two thousand three. That was actually a really good movie. What's that about? I might have to keep SWAT that in team. my back pocket. It's got a uh, Colin Farrell in it. Um, it's just about the SWAT team. But he's in that. He's also in Triple X. Yep, Triple X. Yeah, he was uh, in the other guys. He was also in Iron Man. Vin Diesel. He's Nick Fury, and apparently in the first one he was uncredited. I don't understand that, but okay. The Man, so Freedom much, Land. I'm trying to see anything else that I've particularly like. He was in the Kill Bills, right? Kill Bill Volume Two. I don't know. I don't think he was in Volume One. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I saw Jurassic. Park he's Arnold so. in Jurassic Park. He's in the Incredibles. Oh, he's in the Proud Family. Oh, he is like he is, really? is one of the voices in the Proud Family. That's awesome. That's cool. That's so funny. Oh, he's in Goodfellas. He stacks Edwards in Goodfellas. I did not realize that. Huh? He's also in the other. Oh, guys. he's in Jumper. You guys seen Jumper with uh, the guy from Star Wars? I never saw he can, Jumper. Like, jump through yeah. time, teleport or something. It's got a uh, what's his name, Hayden Christensen. 
That doesn't sound familiar. He's um, got so many credits. He's in the Avengers. Kind of cool movie. Yeah, he's in a lot of Marvel movies. He was in Thor too. Looks like his first movie was Together for Captain Days. America. He plays Stan in 1973. But damn, 73 on say, blow up 189 actor credits. Dude, his his resume is like stacked top to bottom. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. You can bring him on and do pretty much any role you need, and he'll knock it out of the park. He's 72 Dude, years he's old. He's in a. He's seventy two. Wow. Yep, that's he's in a he's in a pre production TV series called Fathamucka. 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 Yeah, I saw that. Uh, he's also filming Blazing Samurai. He's announced uh, Secret Invasion. He plays Nick Fury in a lot of these TV series. It looks like um, the asset is in post production. Spiral Spiral is completed. Dude's so, a legend. Uh, you'll be he's, hearing about that if he's you're a legend. Uh, in 2021, obviously. Legend. Absolute legend. And Killed re- the movie. He was who I was focused on. Another repeat Him and after. Jackie Brown. And you know who else yeah. I was focused on? Fucking Robert Froster. Forrester. Forrester, I'm sorry. Uh, How dare you. Who does he, who does he play? <laughs> he's Max Cherry, baby. Max Cherry, the Bale Mindsman. This guy did a really good job. What a name. I, I liked Max his, Cherry. I really liked his whole persona in it. He was like... Oh, he had a good dad vibe. He had a great dad vibe. He had a and great just a great vibe. like businessman vibe, too. Uh-huh. He got down to it. He was like... I'm running a business here. I'm he's not running a business. You, he wasn't yeah. like oh, the no, type that he, he passed around or anything. He's like, listen, you're gonna come into my office. Like, yeah, I heard that name. We're gonna. He's gonna kind of set the tone for the interview. You know, mm-hmm. he's not gonna be pushed around. Or this movie like brought him back in a big way. He was um kind of like a has been actor in quotations. But Quentin saw what uh, obviously now we all see in him and did this. Got him casted him in this movie and he. Freaking killed it! Obviously, got nominated for an Oscar. So. Yeah, Robert Forrester. I really liked him in this. Like, I I could see watching other films uh, of him just because he was so good in this one, and just sort of wanted to see more of his acting. But yeah, he's known for Jackie Brown, The Descendants, Olympus Has Fallen, Breaking Bad, man. Oh, is Breaking he Nick? Bad and Better Call Saul. Which which is he in? Where does he play in Breaking Bad, Nick? Uh, his character is Ed. I don't think he's in Breaking Bad as much as Better Call Saul and um, El Camino. That movie, that Breaking Bad based movie that came out. Uh, he is a he's like this vacuum. He runs this like fake vacuum cleaner shop. But he basically, when criminals like wanna um escape off the map, he like gets he basically takes criminals, erases their identity, oh, and like right. relocates them mm-hmm. to like the middle of the woods. So he's the guy who takes Walt and like relocates them to like the middle of the woods i'm pretty sure i remember that oh interesting interesting remember at the at, at the end of breaking bad when he like goes and lives in like the cabin like henry david throw yeah and he like escapes i don't and, think like, i have ever seen the identity. ending of breaking bad then i don't know i remember that oh i oh man I you can't you can't hype up breaking bad as one of the best series and not have seen the ending i think when i was really into breaking bad the series wasn't complete yet and i like watched all that i could and then i think uh-huh. um i wasn't able to like really uh binge oh, watch man. the rest of them that, but i definitely will now that that, that sounds interesting i definitely will you guys recognize any of his others he's in me myself and irene with uh, jim we Perry. just spoiled the shit out of breaking bad <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, um, let's see. Yeah, not seeing too much else, but yeah, he did such a great job. I really liked him. 
Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I was watching all these other actors and De Niro just like, he was all right. He was just kind of funny. The f- funniest part of De Niro was him smoking a bong, but let's hop into Nero. <laughs> okay, let's hop into him. Him smoking the bong. That he was actually, like what he did the whole time. He like, actually that- goes by Bob in real life. Bob, yeah. yeah. They call De Niro? Him Bob. I, I think they I've, him I think I've heard that. that. So, oh, so I yeah, think, you know, it's probably like character. what Ray wanted to be called 6ix9ine, so people didn't call him like Robert or anything so, out in public. So Stephen was was rightfully or understandably kind of like criticizing his character in this. And and I will say, okay, so his, his character is very like apathetic, um, not very exciting. He's very just kind of like, you know, what's the word? Stump on a log or whatever. Or well, just kind of keeps to himself, whatever. really just, quiet. He keeps to him, yeah, go yeah, ahead. keeps to himself, really quiet, um, and just doesn't get very excited about a lot of stuff. He's just very like very mellow and even keeled. And this whole time, like Samuel Jackson's character is trying to like impress him with his gun business, and oh, I made this much profit and and stuff like that, and trying to like impress him when like ninety percent of the th- things that he's saying is just like recycled apparently like information that he's been spewing like for years but even that girl Um, was like he'll tell anyone that'll listen about that stuff but if you see it's like their their characters are polar opposites you know jackson's over here just talking his ear off you know can't stop you know um just like looking at the screen laughing pausing and muting it and then de niro's just sitting there looking not saying anything and uh they're just they're just polar opposites but they like both vibe off each other, and I guess uh, I guess Jackson loves him because he's got someone there that'll just listen to him. He's a little like airheaded him. for the most part. I heard um, in an interview, Robert was saying he was like he called him like a loser, and then Tarantino almost gave like a little pushback because he created the character and knows the character inside and out, and said no, he's more of like actually a smarter individual. Um, he he's actually kind of like witty in in certain aspects and of crime and stuff but he did get caught for that bank robbery um i think it was his third time out of jail though so maybe he wasn't that smart obviously i just i thought his character was very unassuming like the the way that he killed that girl was one of the most shocking scenes in the whole movie where it was kind of like taxi driver-esque like Guy seems pretty normal, like he's smoking with this girl, they have sex at one point, he's kind of just like, yeah, you know, whatever, we'll do this, like, I'll watch her, I'll hang out with her, and then the second Samuel L. Jackson tells him, where he's just like, you gotta keep that bitch in line, basically, he's like, oh, okay, and then she starts acting up, and he's just like, shut up, like, keep your mouth shut. He's, like, grabbing her wrist. He's, like, pulling her around. And in that moment, you realize, like, oh, this guy's kind of crazy. Like, he's done some shit before. Um, He's been through some stuff, and he's kind of, like, bipolar, you know? He's, like, grabbing her through the parking lot, yanking on her, and she's just like, ha-ha, you can't find your car. You thought you found your car. It's not over here. Lewis. And he just all of a sudden turns around and snaps and kills her. And then he's in the car with Samuel L. Jackson, afterwards and that scene is almost funny where he's just like he's like what happened to melanie and he's just like ah, like i shot her he's just like you shot melanie yeah. he's just like yeah she was she was she wouldn't shut up she was on my nerves she's getting annoying he's like was she dead and he's just like i, I don't know probably <laughs> and just like that part was so crazy. funny he's like no is she dead he's like he's like yes i don't no. he's like you, you did what you had to do but we do not need any 
we do not need that bitch surviving on us. Right. <laughs> he's like, yeah, anyone but that woman. I also heard. He's uh, like, you want to make sure she's dead. You realize how crazy. I want to make sure you killed her, not just as, like as. Yeah, as cool and like laid back and like how chummy these guys are and how they shoot the breeze and they're all funny and stuff. It's like at the end of the day, it's like these are pretty intense criminals and it's they're very off-putting about it. But you put them in a scene where they're like, oh, it's me or them. And it's just like, kill them, you know, like kill that person. I'm going to kill Chris Tucker. I'm going to cr- kill this girl. I'm going to kill Jackie Brown if I have to. Well, I understand um, why like, Jackson was killing people, but yeah, there was no reason for him to snap like that mm-hmm. and just turn around and kill her. I mean, like even Jackson was like, well, why didn't you just like hit her? And he's like, I could have, but like I just turned around and killed her. And it's like, bro, you're like four days out of jail. Obviously you're not the brightest bulb in the box. You know, it's funny. This is probably about 15 years after taxi driver. This movie is. Yeah. No, no, no. This, this, his character, the Nero's character was like, in Taxi Driver, and then like 15 yeah. years later, now this he is the same is. exact fucking character, just like right. got caught up in some stupid shit, and now he snaps one day outside of the fucking mall and like ends up getting killed. Yeah. That's how his, uh, that's how that Taxi Driver. But character yeah, like ends. like I was saying earlier, Sam Jackson was thrown off by Robert's portrayal of the character because yeah, on on a screenplay, they're just words on a page, but but when he's actually acting it, it almost looks like he's undermining Sam Jackson. At some points, he's like. He's like on the phone, Bob or Robert is, and Sam Jackson's trying to get his attention and he's just like looking over like at in the distance. And then he's like, huh? Like what? And almost looks like he's, you know, undermining Sam Jackson in a certain way. And so Sam Jackson did say that in an interview, how he had to kind of like play the the acting, like, you know, play the scene with him out and realize, oh, like he's actually doing a really good job in these scenes, actually, hmm. for the most part. Interesting. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I could I could see that being a uh, interesting dynamic between the two of them because yeah, Samuel Jackson's character is very outgoing, uh, very high energy, very like center of attention, and Robert De Niro is kind of like very yeah, just very very opposite energy. It would be interesting working with those two. But he was loyal for sure. He told on the girl yeah. for um he told on that surfer girl uh, when she was trying to kind of. You know, oh, stab yeah, she was trying back. to like plot against him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, we didn't get into his movies. We should probably, you know, I mean, we've talked about him in Taxi Driver yeah. before. Repeat actor. No, we should definitely hop into uh, him, though. He's in The Joker, like we said. Joker, The Irishman. Meet the Parents. Uh, Meet, Meet the, the Parents. parents. Classic. Meet the Fockers. My first Little Fockers. Should I need to write that down. Classic movie. I'm writing that one down. Okay, and the notes. Down. I've got a good arsenal, boys. I've been taking some good notes recently. I've got a good arsenal of movies now. So. Good, because you were about to like. I was worried, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" Harry you know, Potter there's actually to the like finish. a lot of movies that are really good. I just, it's it's really hard to think of some of these movies. A lot of times, I'm realizing you just have to be reminded of them, and then you're like, "Oh damn, totally. that movie's fucking clutch." I remember. Yeah, I mean, you, you just got to write it down. Write it down. Yeah, he um obviously the Fockers, Little Fockers, uh, and then. Raging Bull. Goodfellas. 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 Great role in Goodfellas. Another repeat. Yeah, another repeat. Cape Fear, Mean Streets, The Deer Hunter. Have you guys seen that? He's known for The Deer Hunter. I've heard of that movie, mm-hmm. actually. 78, it says, I think it's a war an movie, in-depth right? examination actually. of the ways in which the U.S. Vietnam War impacts yeah, war and movie. disrupts the lives of people in a small industrial town in Pennsylvania. I think that's more of a boomer. It's pretty movie. well reviewed. <clears throat> wow. It's pretty well reviewed. Yeah, yeah, he's also in Limitless with that Bradley Cooper. Oh, he is so good in Limitless. That's a good movie. I did write that one down. Too. That is a good movie. <laughs> that just, is a really. 
Steven. Break down every movie. Steven's on getting all this. Robert that's, no, but that's kind of what you have to do that sometimes. That is a really good is, Bradley Cooper film, and that is a really good De Niro film. I think that um, I don't for what that film was, it, it, it did a really good job. Well, that's what you have to do sometimes is be like, what movie do I want to watch with this actor and just go down their discography or filmography filmography, and and see what what movies are good. Like, that's kind of what I had to do with, because I've been really into Peaky Blinders lately and I wanted to like watch specific movies from an actor in that that show. So also good. um, uh, The Godfather part two he's in. Um, yeah, that was even before Taxi Driver. He was in the Intern, also. I don't remember him in the Intern. I don't recognize any other ones though. But there's a lot of movies. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I'm not going to write down everything, but those two movies I really, really do like. Casino. He's really good in Casino. Again, a, a movie I probably won't ever do, but it is a cool movie. He's a oh, he's in, in Silver movie. Linings Playbook. Yeah, I've never seen that, but another, highly another famous movie, highly regarded. Big time actor. Yeah, Raging Bull is he's very known for that. And Taxi Driver, obviously. Oh, know. we need to talk about Michael Keaton. Shout out Taxi Driver. Go listen to that episode back in the day. Who are we on now? Michael Keaton. Another big time. He was Batman. Um one of the wow, That's right. He, he played uh, one of the officer or one of the uh, ATF agents. He was a good character. I liked uh Yeah, he's been in a lot of shit actually. He was in Birdman too. That was a really big movie. Yeah, that's Spotlight. He was in The Founder. For, for you guys ever stuff. see that movie? No, I haven't. I saw some of it. Oh, it was with the McDonald's movie, yeah. Yeah, it, it was It's on Netflix. It's not even a um it wasn't even a um I thought it was always uh like a documentary, but it's like actually like a a movie about like mcdonald's and how it formed and like yeah he was like i think a salesman businessman that kind of saw what these guys had and they were able to like turn out food really really quick and he's like we gotta like we gotta like make this even better and patent this and like go franchise with it you know like get something it was crazy i bet it's interesting to, to but see. yeah I, I guess he plays the phone he's in the other is. guys he's uh he's the one that takes will ferrell's <laughs> gun away maybe He's like, oh yeah. He's, he's, How do you find the pictures <laughs> for the? Uh... Um, <clears throat> you have to go to their actual page. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, on IMDb. But yeah, he takes uh, Will Ferrell's gun away after he makes a pop desk pop. I think is what they call it. Desk pop. Jesus, if you sh- if if a gun goes off, I mean, you're getting fired, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, he plays. Um, he plays Chick Hicks in Cars. That's a um, that's just uh, one of his like uh, his rival Lightning McQueen's rival. Shout out cars, great movie. Yeah, he's in Batman Returns. That one particular mm-hmm. with the uh, Danny DeVito as the antagonist. Beetlejuice, the Penguin. You guys remember Beetlejuice? I do remember Beetlejuice. Shout out Beetlejuice. Was he? Who was he in that? Was he the main? Courtney's sister Hannah apparently hates that movie. I mean, it is a weird, weird movie. I can see how some people just like really would like hate. Is that he the movie. main Beetlejuice guy? Oh shit! I think he might be Beetlejuice. He's Beetlejuice. Yeah, he is Beetlejuice. That's wild. Oh my gosh, that's his claim to fame. I bet that was Dude, an eighty-eight. He's wild in Beetlejuice. That's we should fucking do this next Halloween. Beetlejuice. Can you write that down? <laughs> can we fucking please do this movie next Halloween? Well, it's up against some others. That's I don't know. Yeah. I don't think we have too Tim many Burton Halloween film. movies to, to choose from. Alec Baldwin's in it. 
I think, yeah, I think that was his big, his big claim to fame, 88. That's crazy. All right. Well, well I, uh, I could say we could go into Melanie, but she doesn't have much here. So I'd be down to move on unless you guys have anybody. Chris else. Tucker. We got to do Chris Tucker. Oh, yeah. Let's fuck with oh, Chris yeah, Tucker. Yeah. Shout out. He. I was so disappointed to see him. he only had about five minutes. Rush Hour. Rush Hour. He's from Atlanta. Yeah, he got screwed in this movie. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. Whoa. Huh. I did not know that. That's so cool. Silver Linings Playbook also. Money Talks. Yeah, definitely got a crazy, crazy filmography. He was in Friday. Really, really good in Friday. I think a lot of people love him in that movie. He was in Silver Linings Playbook, too. I didn't know that as well. He's um, dude. He's so funny in Friday. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but he's he's just like smoking weed the whole time, and like I think he's always in debt to his dealer and stuff like that. Or haven't seen that. Which movie, Stephen? Friday with Ice Cube. I mean, this is hands oh, okay. down probably one of his most famous movies, and just like a famous movie within pop culture. But it says oh, it's f- Friday, and Craig and Smokey must oh, come yeah. up with two hundred they owe to a local bully, or there won't be a Saturday. <laughs> that's even a funny ass. That's just a funny ass thing. But yeah, great film. He's Rush hilarious. Hour is so good, man. That's like yeah. one of my favorite movies of my childhood. He's got good stand up. His his. His character with uh, Jackie Chan, like their dynamic on screen is yeah. just so funny. They, just yeah. this really sassy, just like hilarious black guy with just this really just kind of like conservative Asian guy. And they're, they're back and forth like banters. It looks like Rush Hour 4 has been announced. Oh, good. And he's rumored to play James Carter, the like same that. person he's played in all of them. Just nice. a rumor. I like that. Just a rumor. You never know. All right, we don't I think we polished it. up the cast quite nicely. I think we should hop into Put that favorite scenes. Let's do it, y'all. For the magazine? I think we shall. Favorite scenes from the magazines. And I'm all out of magazines. Okay. Ooh, ice I'm going to have to settle for favorite scenes. Perfect. Well, uh, who wants to kick her off? I think Trent should do the honors. It's his pick. Yeah, you guys cool with that? Yeah. Okay. All day. I'll kick her off. Um, yep. And I saw this scene I'm about to say in sequence where you watch the movie and it's all out of sequence kind of in, in certain respects because you're watching it from one person's point of view and then the next person's point of view and then the next person. So I know what you're going to say. Uh, yeah. My favorite scene was the exchange of the heist money situation mm-hmm. yeah, where good scene. you're really thrown off and you need everybody's perspective to really see everything going on in the scene. Cause at first you're like, was that all the money? Like, did she get all the money? Who stole the bag? How, how are they going to get it? Is Max in on it? Is he going to go get the money? And then you end up finding out, yeah, that it unfolds like Max goes in after the fact. And I did see a synchronization on YouTube. I, I would recommend if you have the time where it goes scene by scene and even them side by side because some scenes are happening at the same time. So it's really interesting. Like when um, Pam's like leaving to go out to the mall to tell Michael Keaton, like they've they've gone with all the money. She came in and stole all of it. At that exact same time, in the synchronization, you can see uh, Max Cherry going from um, aisle to, or door to door 
to go get the money and pick it up with the bag in that changing room. So it's really cool mm-hmm. if you if you have the time to go check it out because you can see it all happening simultaneously. But that was my favorite scene. I thought it was really well done by Tarantino uh, with the aspect of doing everybody's point of view, which is a very Tarantino thing to do. I would I would say as well. Yeah, that was yeah, my definitely a Tino esque vibe. Yeah. My favorite was the uh, when they were just hanging out for the first time, him and De Niro, and he's just watching the guns and he's talking to him. Oh, yeah. He's like, now I that there is a Tech 9, a little cheap-ass spray gun made out in South Miami. They retail for 380 but I get them for 2 sell them for 8 They advertise this Tech 9 as the most popular gun <laughs> in American crime. He's like, you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you believe that? They, they, they actually advertise that right on the thing when they give it to you. This is the most popular gun in American crime. Yeah, he says... Uh, and he's just going off about all says, these guns. He's like, how much are you getting for it? Two? Eight, selling for eight? You know? AK-47, yeah. the very best there is when you absolutely positively got to kill every motherfucker <laughs> in the room except those <laughs> substitutes. Great scene. No, there I know. So many, there were so many great scenes with him. Um, I loved... Uh, I got a chuckle when he was... I guess he was giving him the keys to like take out his car. And... Uh, he was like, basically telling me, he's like, you can turn it up as loud as you want, but don't touch my levels now. He's like, <laughs> he's like I got I them set. Just like I like. He's <laughs> like, I got to set them right where I want them. Don't touch my levels. And I was, I was, I busted out laughing during that part. I was like, this it's is funny. He I does mean, such a good job of putting uh, just comedy in, in places that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And it just fits so well. It's just like, here's a little, here's a little like gem, like yeah. right here in this. I like really when um, scene. when Jackie Brown was like waiting on Sam Jackson to walk through the door and she's like got her gun next to her and she's like grabs it real quick and like points at the door as though he's walking in but it, he yeah. hasn't yet. And then he she does yeah. that a couple different times which is funny because she doesn't actually end up shooting him. It ends up being right. <clears throat> uh Yeah, kind of psyched you out. Yeah. So you're kind of confused by that, but there, he's so good at building tension. I think Quentin Tarantino is uh, good about like trying to do the overall thing and just have you see it from certain perspectives. And over the movie, you start to get it. Even with you know Jackson uh, going to the bail bondsman, you he 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 bonds this guy out of jail that he knows is about to do a lot of time, which is Chris Tucker for these gun charges because of him. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I know this guy can't do this time." And I know that he's going to give me up because he can't do this time. And he's like, I'm not dealing with that. So I'm just going to take him out. But it's funny. He bonds him out for $10,000. And then, um, (laughs) you know, he just, uh, he kills the 10,000. He like moves the 10,000 over. It's like he bought, he like puts 10,000 down on Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker dies. And he's just like, can I move that over to Jackie Brown now? Like, you know, like it was, it was so kind of suave how he did it it's like kind of clear that he had like a motive to do it but um Nick, what's See, your, i don't understand kinda, how it works so so he's going to I the bail really bondsman. he's giving him ten thousand dollars um and i know the only reason he's doing this is because he's like what are they going to say with me walking in there with ten thousand dollars it's going to look suspect. yeah he fuck. like needed to mm-hmm. he needed to like filter the money through i think a third party so it wasn't his name directly tied to it well he I also said they it wouldn't be, be investigating him on like why do you have ten thousand dollars cash exactly why like, do you he, have that much he, cash he i don't even want them looking into me yeah. like that so i'm just gonna make it He's look like, a, like i'm doing my normal thing but i'm gonna give you all the yeah. 10 grand up front and an extra thousand dollars but i I just don't understand. Like he can just move that yeah, ten thousand dollars. Yeah, he's like paying him a commission over. to move his money. Yeah, but um, I don't understand how the money can move. I thought the ten thousand dollars would be spent to the courts to. 
Well, I, I guess once he no he, he because he died, he no longer needed to be uh, bonded. So uh, it's just like it the money. It was just kind of like uh, you know, just like an equal trade out thing. So I think he was just like, okay, well he died. That money's irrelevant. Let's just put it on Jackie Brown now. Same deal. Like you get a thousand dollar commission. But it wasn't until after he made the bond that he got out, right? Yeah. So he would have already had to go get the bond, which I don't. Have, I don't. They would have already spent the money, and then he would have gotten out of jail. Nick, I really don't remember him there. transferring the money from Beaumont into the new the new person. Per- no, they, 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 they do say did. that he though. Did. He does did say you? like, "Let's move it over." But I'm I, I'm sitting there thinking like, you should bring another ten thousand dollars, in my opinion, right? Because there's another ten thousand dollars bond. I thought he did. Well, he didn't have to. Different person. I guess for Max Cherry, it's not like he bonded. Well, I don't know. Maybe if it was the whole death was the reason and they just didn't explain it clearly or they didn't explain it at all. I just didn't understand what yeah. was going on. Like he could go in and give this guy essentially just a thousand dollars and then ten thousand dollars cash and be like, all right, hold on to my ten grand and I'm gonna keep giving you a thousand dollars for every person I bond yeah. out. Like I don't understand. That's that's what I would have loved to research if I had more time. Um but anyways, I was gonna touch on another really good scene, man, was and again, this was like an unassuming scene. Uh, was the scene with Samuel L. Jackson and Robert Forrester or Max Max Cherry when Samuel L. Jackson is pulling up to uh, that that house where Jackie Jackie Brown is right before he gets killed, and they're like sitting outside, and it's almost like this new Samuel L. Jackson. Like the whole movie is really funny, loud, like hilarious and in this scene he's like really somber and like sad almost like it's like he almost either knows he's about to die or he's like afraid to die because i feel like he knows like i gotta get this money this is the only way that i can do it i gotta go like take this risk and he keeps pushing max cherry and he's just like there better there better not be anybody else in that house you know there better not be any like He's like, I'm gonna kill you first thing. He's like, if, you're the first one in. dead. If anything goes goes yeah. off plan, and then I'm gonna shoot her in the kneecaps, and she's gonna tell me where that money is. And he's just like, so look, he and he kept doing this. He kept he kept doing this. This was like his power his power move. He kept saying, uh, he's like, look me in the fucking uh, you know, look me in the eye when I'm talking to you, motherfucker. And he just like kept saying that. And, no, but you uh, could tell he was like he was just super. He knew there was something going on, and yeah, how could said, you uh, not by that point? But he but. has he has this line where he uh, at the very end of it he says something where he uh, he he basically asks him, you know, like tell me there there's nothing I need to know about, and he's just like, no, there's nothing. And he's just like, he's like, uh, okay, motherfucker, <laughs> and then he just like okay. he says it really calmly, but it. it Dude, the way that he acts it and delivers yeah. it, I was just like, oh my God. That was like his best scene. <laughs> but yeah, Max that was his Cherry, best scene. I mean, Max Cherry was selling him on the fact that there was nothing going on. Like, Max didn't he know got anything played. additional. He didn't, I don't yeah. know if Max actually knew that, you know, LAPD and everybody was there. Um, but yeah, he says, Jackie can tell me any story that comes into her pretty little head, just so long as at the end of that story, she hands me my motherfucking money. He yeah. says a couple, yeah. but yeah, Nick, that was a great scene. He he really did a good job so at the end because he's so intimidating in those scenes. That that was his soft scene. It was like his really vulnerable scene. Like you hadn't seen that side of him, and it's like you could tell he was either scared or, you know, he, was he, he knew something. 
he knew he knew something was up and he's just like, I got to take this risk. And he's just like, I could fucking die. But like, it's a half a million dollars and everything I have on the line. Like, yeah, I got to go for so it. I'm gonna, and he got screwed. I'm going to take back my favorite scene real quick because I have a, another scene that's even more my favorite Ooh. that I just remembered. And okay. it is the scene where Jackie Brown lays those lips on max cherry and they share a oh, nice kiss <laughs> i thought that, that was, was a good scene they did. a good scene to put a cap on it i was like are they gonna kiss right now once that music they're gonna kiss right now once yeah. that music came he's on like for him when he watched her walking her. out of the jail i knew i was like i really hope they end up together oh he was into her though he's probably like time. 20 years older than her actually like he looked like he could have been like because what she was probably in her 40s but they he were both at a point where they're like, like i think age didn't matter as much as, as the separation is like finding someone that you knew had your best interest at trusted heart yeah you could yeah. trust and you knew that were a straight shooter kind of thing yeah i i definitely saw it but when once you saw him that when she's coming out of jail and it's just the music playing and he's walking watching her you just could tell how he felt and he was mesmerized by her and man, i was didn't like you want to man see, i really yeah. hope these, didn't you want to see everybody go to spain with her yes i fucking did what a bitch oh, you should have gone to spain with her what man. a bitch yeah. man <laughs> seriously what the was fuck almost, else was he, he was, was even talking like what else am i gonna do I was playing it hard to get. Uh, yeah, but then, at a certain point, he got it, and then I he bet, didn't go. I bet at one point he was like, "Shit, I fucking should have said yes." Like, dude, what you am you I guys gonna do? Like, <laughs> Fuck you, no. You guys have like half a million between the two of you. Like, you could easily go ball out in yeah. Spain or wherever for a while. And he but, doesn't want to do his bail bondsman um, thing anymore. He was trying he, to get he out. Was already, and that's the whole reason he did the heist. And he, and then he was like. And then he was on that phone. He gets the phone call, and she's like, "Well, I'll just leave." And he's like, "Oh yeah." And then he's like talking to the person, and it's like, first of all, you shouldn't have even answered the phone. <laughs> Second of all, you should um just be like, "Hey, maybe I'll call you back." But uh, she goes outside, and he's like, "Can you call me back in like half an hour?" And then and she's you think he's gonna off. like hang up the phone and like run out and be like, "I'm just kidding. Give me five minutes to yeah. get my shit." <laughs> yeah, but she just but goes. he just drives I- away, and then I'm like, "Oh my god!" I feel like maybe he did have that second thought, like. Shit, I should have probably fucking went with her. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, why did he say no? I don't know. Could have been rich I, in Spain I was also going to say, I just... <laughs> it's not necessarily a specific scene, but just a concept. I just love the idea of this... The way that they wrote the whole deception between uh, between Jackie Brown and all the different parties, like Samuel L. Jackson trying to deceive her, and her in the end being able to pull off probably like one of the most epic... deceptions of all time like she fooled not only samuel l jackson but she fooled the cops she fooled everybody she fooled like it was just her and max cherry and they had this and this the best part the best she was able to pull it off like he she almost fooled max cherry in a way and you like, really yeah. didn't know you didn't everybody. know who she was you didn't playing. know who was fooling who you didn't really know yeah. because she was playing all these angles you know another scene i really want to talk about which was interesting uh crossroads was the sec the scene where uh she gets out of jail and then um uh denzel comes over puts his gloves Not on denzel Sam i mean i'm sorry and then Sam you got Jackson, robert de niro you don't know where robert de niro is going this whole time and robert de niro is just this like wild card redheaded stepchild who's just like Fucking everything up, Robert right. De Niro. No, but Niro's. I'm saying when Jackson goes over to Jackie Brown's house and he's about to kill her, and he's got the gloves on, and she took the gun from uh, 
the bail bondsman, and she pretty much that was such a fucking badass scene. Yeah, because that um, was a good scene. He comes up to her and he's like talking to her, like asking her about the case, and at the same time he's like wrapping his hands around. It turns the lights off too. Yeah, he turns the lights off and walks up, and he's like, you just hear, and he says, "Is that what I think it was?" And she said, "What do you think it is?" He's like. Sounds like a goddamn gun. And she's like, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. Take your hands off my neck. A gun Pushed aimed at my dick. Pressed Pressed up take your hands off my <laughs> yeah. fucking neck. And she pulls it off. She's like, what the fuck is this? She pulls out a gun. He's like, oh, man, come on. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> doing anything with that. She's like, yeah, fucking right. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, who wears gloves? Who wears gloves into a house late at night with like... And he kept turning the light off. He just like, kept acting that? like it yeah. wasn't even... He was like, you are way off on this one, girl. I was like, bro, you were going there like, to kill was like, I don't blame my you. Apartment like, I don't blame you. I would have done this. Same thing if I was in your position. So that's when I was really that scene where she like they kind of become friends again, and he's like, "Well, we're friends again, so can you like put that gun down?" But uh, it's like, how could she go on trusting that Samuel L. Jackson just still wouldn't kill her? He had he had no other choice. She, she still was, had he an needed option. To kill her. He needed the money. He was not going to get the money if he didn't do that. So he needed her to. She be She was in such the, a good liar. Yeah. She she made so many bluffs work. Like that one time when she was uh, she was being interrogated by the the police and she was like i'll do a polygraph if you want i'll do a polygraph right now and and then the guy ended up like backing down from it and there were so many times where she like you could have called bullshit on what she was saying but she was just so good at selling her like selling people on 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 everything like so she was such apparently a good sam jackson was um a guy who's been running scams all his life in the novel and uh found something not as dangerous uh so he's apparently trying to make $1 million in order to retire. That's the whole existence of Sam Jackson is to make $1 million and retire. And so that's, and that's he what he talks about money. too. He talks about that sitting down with De Niro. He's like, I've got this money. And once I get it, like I'm going and I think he's, mm. I forget what he says, but he's like, I'm to retire and that's it. But yeah, he is trying to hustle it up, but yeah, he's willing to take down a lot of people <clears throat> to get there. And, uh, it's really interesting. You see his like his method to his madness going to the bail bondsmen's and everything. But yeah, that one scene was a crazy crossroad. I figured that he was going there to kill her, and then she was like, "No, I got a gun, and like I'm taking yours." Mm-hmm. And then she was like, "You know, we're gonna make this work. Don't worry." Like, and I'm I love gonna, how they- I'm gonna play them, and then he's like, "All right, you can play them." So I guess that's the only reason he's like, "Well, maybe this is the way that I can get my money. I can have my cake and eat it too." But they splice that scene so well because you realize she has the gun right when um yeah when Robert Forrester's going home and he's like opening up his his like glove compartment and the gun's not there and then you realize like oh shit Ordell's gonna be you know capped in no, the I ass know. if he doesn't but I would be super worried about just going home you know unless you mm-hmm. had a gun even her, him dropping her off I think because um, didn't they know by that time they went and had drinks I think. He, she knew by that time, and he knew that uh, the last guy that he bailed out, he killed. Yeah. So I think they were both in common knowledge that this is, was like intentional, and that she was probably in danger. But he just drops her off like normal and goes. And well, the other thing that I was going to say that's the best part of it is that Jackie Brown is like hiding in plain sight. She plays everybody, but 
tells everybody what she's doing. Yeah. She's telling Ordell, like, yeah, I told him, like, it's for the money that you're bringing over. He's like, you told him what? Like, why'd you tell him all that? <laughs> yeah. She's like, dude. she's like, well, I have to, and, and but to her case, she's like, I have to make it seem like I'm yeah. giving them uh, information without revealing the um, crucial details. He's like, you told him I sold guns too? Like, what are you she's doing? Like, yeah, she's like, they dude. already know yeah, that. She's, so she's, like, You're, she's like, I'm not telling yeah. them anything they already know. So what I am doing is just telling them something they don't already know to seem like I'm giving them information. Right. When in reality, they already know they're the ATF. I remember he says, also, oh, he sells guns. She's like, yeah, well, why else would the ATF be? They didn't know. No, they did. Also, that, uh, that's not, the whole reason they were investigating scene, him. That scene where they, they swap the bags and she she blames it on Melanie, like yeah. storming in and taking the bag and running off. So she's able to fool the cops by saying that's how the money got away. And then she's also able to fool Ordell by saying that that's what happened. Yeah. And then she ends up getting killed. So it's not like they can like in- investigate it or interrogate it. So she's like, yeah, she stole the money and look what happened. She got killed. Like yeah. she definitely had the money. It's like every, every, she had every little thing plotted out. Like she was she's like, I put a cherry similar on top. to Macaulay, Booyah. similar to Macaulay. Well, Culkin I, I feel from like Home she didn't Alone. anticipate she the killing of the, the girl, chess, not checkers. Yeah. But I feel like she didn't anticipate the killing of the girl, which I think helped her a little bit. Oh, it definitely uh, did. made it seem. Oh, that like, definitely helped her. Made it seem like more crazy shit was going on, but uh, yeah, she was definitely playing the field, and it wasn't until the end where you realized what her um, overall goal was because you just really didn't know. It really didn't matter that Melanie died though, because Robert De Niro knew just as much. I mean, he he got played too with the books that were supposedly the cash. He was, talk- like, he was like, it felt right. So even if Melanie Melanie didn't die, it wouldn't have. Really yeah, mattered. De Niro did get Dick get uh kind of screwed because it was like he was following orders and he had like the right intentions but samuel l jackson just couldn't uh, you know accept the fact that like dude how did you not know that max cherry was there mm-hmm. and you didn't say something mm-hmm. like that's a big freaking detail that you missed like well it also why else why else would the, he the be there in the same store slow. yeah he was a little bit slow he's more of kind of like Almost more of like the main the main guys like lackey. He's more of like the dumb yeah. like yeah. St- stooge stoogey guy. Yeah, also almost you know? like a yes like, man that's like kind of dumb like, that like yeah we'll, you we'll go kill that guy and do some shit if you need him to. But yeah, he he's wasn't not gonna the ask him any questions. He'll be quiet. Let him smoke some weed with the girl and like I'll be back in a little bit. Yeah, he wasn't the brains of the operations. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but what an interesting character, man. His character was was definitely interesting. But um. I will just say to put a bow on my favorite scenes. I just liked all of the all of the kill scenes were really well shot. Um everything from Chris Tucker's mm-hmm. Beaumont's death scene yep. to Melanie when she shot in the parking lot to uh De Niro. I really like how De Niro was shot in the car mm-hmm. and how they shot Samuel L. Jackson like getting out and walking away. Yeah, like a, um, like uh I was said earlier, Tarantino really made this movie so that those shots weren't super gory. They weren't like in plain sight like a lot of his other movies are, where Kill Bill's like stepping on the toes of eyeballs and stuff. Like yeah, that. and and they didn't show the the actual bullet exactly, holes which is or like what he does. people getting shot. It was all of an angle of somebody getting shot or a different vantage point where you couldn't see them getting shot like directly. And also short and sweet, not drawn out. It was like. A lot of times yeah. surprising too. You didn't Not expect cruel. any of them. You didn't expect De Niro. You didn't expect 
Chris Tucker. You didn't no. expect Melanie. And um, how did well, uh, how did Samuel Niro, Jackson die well, again? With, I know he got shot, but who shot him exactly? I think it was Michael Keaton and LAPD. Like, shot yeah, the cops. Oh yeah, yeah. He walks like, in and he. Yeah, you don't even expect you that. Gun, you're yeah. you're expecting just Jackie to be sitting there, and mm-hmm. um, you do. I mean, at that point, you don't even know what's going on. But she's in the she's in the dark room, and she's got a gun there, and she keeps practicing. So you're you have the illusion that she's alone. And trying to like have a have a yeah, draw on him in case yeah. he comes in, but yeah, he walks in and she says he's got a gun, and then he just hops out of the room with a gun and bop bop bop. Yeah, that's the craziest thing. Yeah. Even even though he may not have drawn his gun, even though he was talking about it and saying all this shit and killed people before, you don't really know. But it's like, damn, you see a guy with a gun and you're like a cop in a situation like that. It's like you just gotta yeah. A freaking shooter. I'm pretty he sure he shot. had a gun on him. So even if no, he, he did have a gun. He on didn't him, but draw. I don't know if you could see the gun in the scene when he's pulling. You up. can see the gun. So she, that's uh, why she so says she he's, yeah. he's got a gun. Okay. But he is also he, um, super sketched out walking into it. But um, it's you, you don't know if you could have walked in there and just been like, hey, put your put the gun down, like where you know, hmm. or you know, do you have to just walk out and shoot? You know, it's a it's one of those things you don't know. He. He's pretty lu- or they're pretty lucky that that he didn't walk in using like Max Cherry as kind of like a body shield. Like I'm I'm more surprised that he didn't walk in like kind of like shielding himself with Max Cherry and holding him in front of him and being like almost like, you know, holding a gun to him mm-hmm. and being like this is what we're going to do or I'm going to kill this guy kind of thing. Yeah, that would have foiled the um, whole the whole ending. Because then the cops couldn't have shot him if he had Max Cherry in front of him, but anyways, I will say the uh, the scene where he makes De Niro pull over, like you kind of know something's up at that point, and he could kill him because he, you know, they're like driving, and all of a sudden he's just like pull the car over, and they pull over, and then he starts interrogating him. Basically, mm-hmm. um, it's still it's like not shocking that he kills him, but at the same time you're kind of surprised because of the way it's shot from the back seat. You never see the gun. Mm-hmm in his hand yeah it's like shot in a way where it looks like they're just having a conversation and all of a sudden it's just like pop and then all of a sudden like blood just splatters on the window Mm -hmm. and it's just like a really cool way that they shoot some of these scenes yeah we really touched on um most of the scenes i like i like how we say a lot of the plot so everybody the audience can really get to know like remember the movie again i don't think we really missed much i like how he's like i like how she's like um, I'm I'm your agent and I get fifteen percent. He's like, no, you get ten. She's like, or she's like, I'm a manager. She's like, an agent gets ten percent, a manager gets fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah. She, and she's, she's like, he's like ten percent. She's like, all right, ten percent and the original, which was like a hundred thousand dollars. And you escrow. keep your masters. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. keep your fucking masters. Ray Charles. She went Ray Charles on his ass. No, no lie. Yeah, I mean that was a good scene too. But that was just a, that Nailed was also it. a funny scene where he was just like, so where's Melanie? He's like, ah. Uh, uh, He's like, what'd you leave her there? He's like, not exactly. She, she was, you know, going on and on and on. And she kind of nipped that bit. I, I just, you know, he's like, so what? He's like, so I killed her. He like, killed her. He's, he's like, like, no, I what? shot her. I shot he's her. Like, or he's like, yeah, I shot her. He's like, is she dead? He's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, like, is she dead? I, I was, I mean, I, I assume. Probably. He's like, yes or no question. Is she dead? He's like, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's like, you, you had to do what you had to do, but we don't need that woman surviving on us. No, any woman, but that woman. 
Because you know that girl would have. Well, he was like, "I'm pretty sure she's yeah. dead, so it's no problem." But yeah, I, I, and the, like we should talk about the Chris Tucker scenes because Chris Tucker was a really cool. Like, I don't know if it, you'd call it a cameo. He, I guess, he was in it for longer than five minutes, so it wasn't a cameo. But like, he did. He it, didn't have much. He didn't have much in this, but his scenes were really funny. I think he is such a funny actor. And then he just unfortunately gets shot in the truck. I know, like he Nick was, was like, saying, he was like, "Just get." He was like, "Just get a." He's like, I want you to get in the the do me a favor, you know. I, I bailed you out of jail. You got to do me a favor, you know. If that's okay, he's with like, you, I'm getting you know, high. I spent ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, I gotta leave. He shows in the trunk. He's just like, I just need you to get in the the trunk for a couple minutes. He's just like, man, I don't want to get in the trunk for any minute. Yeah. He's like, I'm not trying to get in that dirty ass trunk. He's like, and I'm not trying to bail your ass for ten thousand dollars every day either. But I did. So he's like, you got to do something for me. He's like, when you just hop, he's like, when I pop the trunk, just hop out. And he's like, with a gun, he's like, man, I'm not hopping out with a gun. He's like, I, he's like, I'm not shooting anybody. He's like, I'm not asking you to shoot anybody. Just hop out and just for a dramatic effect. But what he tells him, he's like, I just want you as backup because I'm going to like meet people I haven't done business with before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why he's going to like intimidate them with like having Chris Tucker pop out of the trunk with a gun. I well, just having a, bu- having a boy, one of his boys in the surprise. Yeah, but what is he going to do? Like, oh, shit, I need help. Beep, beep. The surprise factor. <laughs> like, the, the, the trunk pops up. He's like, oh, shit, I guess I'm, I, I mean, I don't understand, but, uh, he Chris Tucker falls for it and gets in it, and yeah, he just drives out uh, to some random thing and opens it up. Little field, and then Chris Tucker starts bitching again. He just bop bop. It's an easy getaway. I mean, he's got he him in the trunk it, already. And then he just gets back in the car. He's way out in the middle of nowhere, and then he just drives off. And yeah. then he's just—you could tell—he's very like he puts his music back on. He knows what he's doing. He's, yeah, can we talk about the music? Cool. The music in this movie was fire. Oh, it was like so some good. of the the Delphonics. Some of the, uh, the Delphonics. Delphonics, I thought you were going to ask that. Surprised you didn't. Well, I knew you guys uh, some would of the have funk, known Some of the funk music, oh, yeah. they played the meters a lot. They played... Um, across they played, across uh, 110th Street. Sissy Strut. Sissy Strut by the meters. Oh, cool. They played that. Um, I thought it was cool that she had all had of her records. Good and she was like, it's, disco it's too music. expensive to like reinvest in all these. Like, I have so much good music that I just want to keep this. And then you see... Um, I keep forgetting his name, Max. Like, he goes to the record store and he gets the Del, the uh, the Delphonics and he puts it in. And then um, later on, yeah, Jackson's or Del hears him. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I didn't know you listened to the Delphonics. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, they're pretty good. They're like pretty it. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like this white boy's got style. Damn, like, he's he got style over here. Style <laughs> yeah. for miles. It's called "Didn't I" by the Delphonics. Blow your mind this time. That's one of the songs. You listen yeah. to the Delphonics. A great. <laughs> Soundtrack, Nick. I'm glad you brought that up because I we do kind of skip over it sometimes. But the disco, like funk, and like so so good, good, man. And he really liked this music too. He's like, go out there and listen to it. Like, turn it up as loud as you want. Just don't mess with my levels because I really like the. It's one of the things that makes this movie, you know, top tier. Oh yeah, even more so. Samuel Samuel L. Jackson just turns it on from like the badass gangster to the comedic genius within Mm -hmm. just like a flip of a switch, you know. Mm Um, boys, I was also going to say, I read something about the intro scene. You know how it was kind of shot like Jackie Brown's like dancing around and stuff. Yeah. Um, that was apparently like an ode to the graduate that movie. Oh, that's um, a good apparently movie. Tarantino Tarantino kind of like cop. That's that a good movie. I was thinking about doing it. Actually, it's got, um, Dustin Hoffman, one yep. of his first roles. <clears throat> Have you seen it, Nick? Uh, I have seen parts of it. Very. I don't know about the whole thing. I obviously know that it's like the Mrs. Robinson. You know the Mrs. Robinson yeah, next yeah. door, hot milf next door thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boys, I think we 
I think we did it. I think we did. I think we need to hop in to the reviews. Let's do that. Final reviews. Final reviews. Final Trent, reviews. this is your pick. You want to you wanna tee us off and yeah. I'll, I'll hop on deck? Yeah, let me tee us off. I'll go first. Um, you know, this is my baby. This one's my baby. I talked about it last episode. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing it this next week. I think you guys are going to love it. I I nurtured it. I fed it. I changed its diaper. And we're here today to give the review on it. I mean... <laughs> I think you guys already heard, everybody already heard, you know, how, my take on it, all the things I really enjoyed about it. I, I don't want to hash it out too much more other than this is what I call a top tier movie, a big time, for so many reasons, banger. And with that, I want to give this movie one of my top Tarantino movies. Pulp Fiction, I gave a five star. You did. I am going to give wow, this did, one. Huh? a 4.5. I will not go five star because I don't know that it Mm. fits in that echelon for me, but (laughs) I'm going to give this a four or five. That's just me personally. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. So you thought Pulp Fiction was better. Trent, Trent, can you explain just on that subject? I I do have a follow-up question. Uh, why Why did you pick Pulp Fiction over this? Any particular reason? I think it's... I think it's the the aspect of... Me just watching it, it's hard for me to pinpoint anything in particular, but I do think Pulp Fiction is on a league of its own. It's in another realm. Um, And then that's why I didn't want to give this one also a five because Pulp Fiction is such a, for so many different reasons, a great movie. In fact, do you you like that it's more violent at all? I think probably some of that, yeah. But at the same time, I really loved how this movie wasn't as violent for different reasons. But... I still, I still want to say Pulp Fiction. You're challenging me right now. It's kind of hard, but I do want to. I do still want to mm-hmm. give Pulp Fiction a five star. Go and listen to that episode if you haven't to realize why. Yeah, yeah good episode. But well, that's yeah. a that's a good segue into my review. Okay. Um, so this this movie definitely crushed big time. Yes. Um, <laughs> this was probably one of my favorite Tarantino movies and I liked it better than Pulp Fiction. And that is a big statement. Um, I just, something about, and I've, I I talked about it earlier, you know, just something about the, the different groups of people and the character development in this. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like he was leaning on the violence for it to be, a good movie like he does get that critique sometimes about his movies being just violent for the sake of violence and um this movie was not about the violence it was more about this just like really good storytelling um really good acting twists and turns left and right just so good it was a long movie i will give it that um but I would say probably my favorite Samuel L. Jackson movie wow. of all time. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. And you had never seen this? So I had never seen this movie. Wow. No. That's a and I was like, damn, Trent really redeemed himself with this training day bullshit. <laughs> yes, he um, did. So long and short of it, I'll I'll hit this with a 4.5 as well. Fuck yeah. This This movie. 4.5. Nick going hard Hell in the paint yeah. with Trent. I knew it. I don't so know about I'm, Steven, but I, I knew Steve, Nick. I think I'm Steven's not going to be on the <laughs> same <laughs> waves as you guys, but I did like the movie, okay? Very good movie. Definitely better than Pulp Fiction, in my opinion. I didn't love Pulp Fiction. 
Uh, it was a little too much violent and ass rape scenes. I just it didn't really fit with me, but this was a really good take. It's not anything original. Um, I don't think it's more of like just a Ooh. good way to uh, a good way to portray something like this. You know, like a heist kind of movie. Great you know? way to portray a heist kind of movie. A really good way to portray. It was long. Um, I didn't love that, but I thought that nothing besides like the walking scenes and stuff seemed to be too drawn out. A lot of the scenes, you really got to experience the character development and everything. And I liked it. I like seeing Chris Tucker, and unfortunately, he died. But um, I definitely think this is one of Samuel L. Jackson's coolest roles. Mm-hmm. I think I love this fucking character. I'm looking at this picture right now. I'll never forget this. He's This is the scene where he's in the beach house with De Niro talking about the guns. He's uh, got his ponytail and his little rat tail chin hair, and he's got on all white shorts and an all white button down that's completely open and he's just like looking real beach yeah looking he, real he's like out on the balcony California, and it's just like, and I'm his, like Damn. his whole his, his old chest is exposed he's like he out looks on the like balcony a boss, and his, though, his ponytails like, his ponytails like almost like br- like light brown like almost like blonde i'm like who grows hair like that i'm sorry like it looked red Samuel L. Jackson. It, it looked red yeah, it was just it did not look like it just fit his his like skin complexion. No, I know, but it looked, um, it, it, he definitely had a crazy, just a, a crazy character in this. So I definitely, I, I was between three and 3.5, but, um, I'm going to go 3.5. And I think it's because I think, I didn't think a lot of the, um, kind of showing it from every person's kind of point of view, um, really worked out overall. I think that it could have been done better. And like some of the scenes you saw were like spliced and you saw two different scenes going on to kind of imply that these are going on at the same time. So we're going to start doing that. So paid attention for that. I didn't really love that aspect of it, but I thought they did a really good job with leaving me hanging at the end. And I'm like, where I'm like, what is going to go on? Like, I didn't realize that um, he was going to go in the dressing room after and get all the money. I'm like, what is she doing? Moving this money over here. It, it, it really had me on my toes. So yes. I'm going to go 3.5 for that. Yes. yes. I love hearing that. It's hard to get Steven up in those higher numbers. Right? And I was surprised. I, and I don't think, um, I mean, it wasn't really a four-star movie in my opinion, but it was definitely, I think so far, one of the best Tarantino movies I've seen probably besides uh, Django and, you know, I mean, I would put it up there with Django. <laughs> okay. Like yeah. It. Yeah, Trent, this is probably the highest rated movie of yours that I've done. I think Django might be a four for me, but I think, I mean, this is like, this is right up there with Django. It's so good. I love how Jackie Brown is the star in this and just who she is and her character. You just, she's like the female, you know, just protagonist who, who comes out ahead in it and wins and gets the badass money. Bitch, badass, man. so badass. She's like, even Courtney liked that. She really liked the woman aspect of it. And I like that. Uh, they made her so badass and she didn't have to be like physically badass. She was mentally badass. She's mentally badass. And she was playing everyone mentally, but she had a bigger yeah. picture yeah. and she was outsmarting everybody. And uh, she came out on top. She got her money. She was out in Spain. Could have had it with Max, but I don't know. He blew it. Max yeah. blew it. She, she came she by and everything. Every... I mean, I don't know what else you need. Right. Yeah, she owned every scene that she was in, man. And, and I, I feel like yeah, she just crushed this role. Like it was definitely like a, like a female like badass lead type of movie. Like you, you would kind of looking at the cast going into it, you kind of would expect Samuel L. Jackson as the lead, but it's really like the movie's about Jackie Brown. Oh, the whole, 
whole movie revolves around her, and Samuel L. Jackson's more of like an accompanying character and, to and her. And Tarantino teed it up, and Jackie Brown hit it so over the fence. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> no, but I think it. everyone did a really good job. Like I said, I was most <laughs> underwhelmed with De Niro, to be honest. Um, it wasn't until his very last like five minutes of like screen time to like he actually really do anything interesting to kill the girl and um yeah. uh go in and he's like that scene was funny where he's like, Oh you know, she was, you know, no 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 and then I thought uh I thought his reaction was really interesting because he was just like, As long as you kill her, you know but I thought they all did a really good job acting. I think that they were all very believable. Yeah. That's what made this movie. Yeah. The acting quality also contributed to the high ranking for me, for sure. For sure. Um, for sure. But hypocritic pick, podcast. Hypocritic podcast. Nick, are we going to get a leak from you for your next Are you going to freak that leak? Mm. Freak the leak, Nick. I don't know if I'm going to give a leak. a leak peek. Oh. Don't give a sneak leak <laughs> a leak. A leak. A leak peek sounds super dirty, but... <laughs> it's because um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably save it. I gotta, I gotta look over my list a little bit more before I give that leak peek. Okay, I, I understand. I get that. So uh, yeah, hypocritical critics. We try to do our best here and give you guys A plus material. Um, but so if you could give don't. us, sometimes it's A minus. You, you could know, give us we, A plus we don't, review though. We, would we don't strive for perfection. But we always hit that A mark. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, if we're below A minus, that's a problem. Yeah, throw us five stars in a review. We're going to be on the Patreon. The show notes will have all our information. Instagram is at hypocritic underscore, underscore podcast. And boys, Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, we're going to get junior. one more episode this year. And um, let's have a happy, uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year coming up. We'll- yeah. Merry Christmas and a Happy For sure. New Year. Merry. Merry Christmas Eve, Junior, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye, Bye, Nick.